Hey, Nancy. Did you know that if you held in your farts too long, they'll start leaking out of your mouth and give you fart breath? What? <laughs> Excuse me? Here we are back again. Guess who's back? Tell a friend. Yep, that's right. It's time to do a thing. A very delayed thing, but we're here. We're back. We're around. Trust me, you're in for a show. Coming Double up, we've step. got some... Yeah, maybe even triple. Who knows? But we've got some, uh, some stuff coming up here. So we're going to lead off the day with some tech news. Get to talk about Apple security flaws and Google bug bounties. How you might make money as a freelancer. Stay tuned. Following that up with some entertainment, where we talk about a lot of stuff. Very entertainment heavy episode this week, I'd say. We've got audio leaks from anime to all of the D23 news you know we missed. Including a special segment with a couple of friends about Spider-Man. We're joined by Mr. Wesley and Mr. Antonio to talk a little bit about the Spooderman controversy. And that's all coming up in your weekly dose of entertainment. We follow that up with a prelude about cancel culture before getting into your sub box where Pro Jared has resurfaced. We discuss at length Pro Jared. Very good discussion. That was fun. We round it off with some game news, both tabletop and Vigitype. And a PSA at the end that's maybe just worth keeping your shoes on your feet for. So yeah, strap in, strap on, it's time to do a thing. So I guess before we begin with our Apple Card news, we need to address the two-ton paperweight of an elephant in the room. We did not load last week. Yeah, we're sorry, guys. Shit happened, and we couldn't no, cancel that shit. No, we were partying shit. naked. <laughs> no, and we couldn't cancel the shit that happened, so. You, you could say doesn't... that it canceled us. <laughs> yeah, we got cancel cultured a little bit last week by our recording setup. <laughs> um, unfortunate, but. We talked with the union. We were able to negotiate. Things seem to be working now. <laughs> Our public apology is due later this month, but it's okay. We'll be there. Anyway, yes. enough joking around. We had some recording to set up issues, um, and we had an event pop up that neither of us could opt had any good reason to get out of. So... You get yeah. a double-stuffed episode this week. As our way yeah. of making it up to you. Yeah, much like everyone's favorite style of Oreos, here we are. Mm, yeah, let's go. Got a nice T-H-I-C-C episode. Yeah. So, so we should probably without, get started. Without much further ado, let's get right into it, though. So Apple released their credit card. 
and has immediately come out and warned not to keep the credit card by leather, denim, or loose change. So basically, you can't keep it in your wallet, your purse, your pocket, really anywhere. Anywhere you keep a credit card. Apple, what the fuck? Dude, I'm sorry. I tried to hold it in, but like, seriously, it's like, okay, so let me just like keep this on like, you couldn't even put it on a silver platter to hand it to somebody because the silver is going to damage the credit card. Like, so when I put the card in the chip reader, the chip reader is going to scratch the credit card. If I swipe the card, it's going to scratch the credit card. So are you expecting me just to have this just to say, hey, look what I have, but it's all on my phone so I can use it? You're fucking stupid, Apple. Like, dumb. Yeah. People use credit cards for a reason and not everybody takes NFC. This is like, this is more retarded than wiping before you shit. It just Or washing your hands before card? going to the bathroom. Who makes a credit card you can't use? You probably just, you buy the credit card and then you just put it in a frame in your office for people to see and be like, look, oh, he's got an Apple credit card. Don't worry, it's connected to his, so it can stay there and just be like a monumental, like, sculpture to capitalism in, like, the biggest, like, sense because, by God, you can't use it. Apple, your solution for your phones not scratching was to put them in a case. Your solution for your credit card cannot be put them in a case because the case will scratch it. Yeah, and I don't even understand, too, because it's titanium. Titanium's a pretty, like, solid material to make. And I know that because it's the only thing I can put in my body without my body rejecting it. Like, titanium is not hey, something you know that who I else? can, like, around with. You know who else makes a titanium credit card that doesn't scratch that you can use? American Express. Yeah, and that card is... FD. I feel like you could run that card over with a semi. The the, the oh. American Express credit card is the Nokia phone of credit cards. Like there is nothing that that card can't handle that it's not going to bounce back from. No, it's not. That card is, yeah, just that. That Centurion card is tough. And you know what American Express is smart enough to do as well because they know you don't want to carry around a titanium card in your wallet because they can get damaged. They send you plastic versions of it, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, Apple, it's that easy. You... you don't want to it's use like... plastic because it's bad for the environment? Use recycled fucking water bottles for all I care. Painted <laughs> silver. There's your card. Right. You can send this as a status thing. American Express does it to their Centurion holders. They don't expect them to carry it around and use it, but you're not giving anybody any other option. If you want to use your Apple card somewhere that doesn't take NFC and you can't tap your phone to it, you're going to scratch it. Yeah. My thoughts on but this? But don't worry. Just... Once, <laughs> once it's scratched, it voids the warranty. So yeah, you it's don't get more a free and more like an Apple phone. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get a free replacement. I mean, Apple, you're... <sighs> Do they offer Apple Care on the credit card? <laughs> like, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Can I pay you 100 bucks to insure my credit card for two replacements at $50 each? I'm cool with that. I can't give it water damage so it won't void any warranty. I can't believe Apple did something like this. Like, first, I ridiculed them for making a credit card in, this, in, in the economy we're in and in today's society where everybody's making a credit card. Now I actually ridiculed them for the actual card itself, which is something I never thought I'd have to do. 
you know, I'm not surprised at all. And that's just because, like, I'm so not of this hype train. So, like, I had no problem, like, bashing on Apple for even, like, thinking of this idea. And I still have no problem just thinking of how absolutely impractical the actual physical manifestation of this card is. So, I'm not shocked. I'm just upset. I'm not even upset. Stupid. I'm just amused. It's it's Apple, and I know now we're up on Apple's podcast service, and we have a possibility of making them mad. But guys, if you actually do listen to this, this is dumb. Get some plastic, get some plastic cards out to these people so they can use it. Like you suggest and keeping the titanium card by wiping it with a microfiber cloth that has been moistened with isopropyl alcohol, which means if I wipe it with a microfiber cloth that hasn't been moistened, it's probably going to scratch it. This has more high maintenance than the glasses I have on my. Like, I'm just going to uh, put it out there. This was going to be our PSA last week. Right. But we got a and, different one. Yeah, we've got a different one. <laughs> but we couldn't one. not talk about this. No. And like, so I'm going to sphere line that. Hey, go back to the past, guys. Imagine we posted last week. PSA. Don't get an Apple card. Get a card you can actually use. <laughs> yeah. Can get a card you can put in your wallet. Oh my goodness. I don't know why this makes me feel this way about it, because I'm never gonna get one. You know the best part is it's not even in it's not even a visa, it's a MasterCard. Oh goodness. <laughs> Apple couldn't even get Visa on board or Amex on board to brand it. They got the third tier. At least you know, at least it's not Discover. I was going to say, there, there's one below. So that was probably their last option. And they're like, now nah, we got to sell this, like, mas this to MasterCard. Because if it's a Discover like, card, no one's going to take it seriously. They partnered with Goldman Sachs to put out a MasterCard. Hmm. Yeah, guys, get a card you'll actually use. Oh, and apparently it has no credit card numbers on it, just the Apple logo. Like, that's yeah. it? To keep the minimalistic design, so don't even think about using it for online shopping. It's a paint, and the reason it scratches is it's painted white. <laughs> it's a white card made of titanium. Jeez. All right, Apple. Just go keep I, some spray paint around. <laughs> I think it's time for us to move into the real topics at hand. Yep, I think we've we've bit off enough of this Apple. Well, Nancy. After that little aside, are you actually ready to get into the episode? Yeah, I think it's about time because we do have some tech news that we need to go over today. So why don't yeah. we start with Google says iPhone security flaws have let websites hack away for years. Because this yeah. is that type of sweet sweet article that just touches my soul in all the right ways <laughs> suck it apple users <laughs> yeah so essentially several hacked websites were able to slip malware onto several people's iphones for years people visited the sites messages photos location data and probably been compromised um google reported the findings to apple earlier this year and the vulnerability was patched in the same update update that fixed the FaceTime eavesdropping bug. But hey, leave it to Google, Google to fix and find Apple's mistakes. Yep, it's that 
beautiful irony that we love so much. And honestly, one of my my favorite things to come to fruition from it was is just like the counter argument of people that purchase, you know, iPhones and Apple products of like, oh, they can't get viruses. Oh, they can't get hacked. They're way more secure. Like, and oh, it was always like, no, that's not how computers or technology or anything works. If it's connected to anything ever at one point in time, you have the opportunity to get hacked. And the proof is in the pudding, thanks to our Google overlords. Right. (laughs) Well, the thing is, you can get a virus. Anything can get a virus. A virus is just a software script. It's just a piece of code that gets put on your computer to do something. There's some viruses that you you and I probably already have a bunch of viruses on our computer that don't do anything because people do just, that. They'll put them out there that just, they go out there and just sit there. It could be there. Just to see. You never know. I mean, not all viruses are bad necessarily is what I'm trying to say, but Apple can still be hacked. This is proof that things can get slipped onto iPhones. Also, you know... Porn sites do the same things to your iPhones, guys. So stop going to Pornhub if you're afraid of getting hacked. So guarantee that's the sites that did it. Right. But here's the thing, though, is right now, like, you kind of need to be on Pornhub because they're they're planting a tree for every, like, hundred videos watched. So it's like, if we want to save the Amazon right now, we need to watch as much porn as possible. One stroke at a time. (laughs) You're just doing your part. Captain Planet would be proud. Doing my part one stroke at a time, you know? It's okay. <laughs> so I think it's just, you know, a good way to kind of like round this out is, you know, just be aware of, you know, what sites you're using and, you know, maybe don't be a jerk about, you know, saying it's not possible for you to get hacked. Because then I can just like whip out this article and just smack it across your face. Right. Now, more on Google, though. Google finding iPhone problems. Google expanding their own bug pro- program. That's right. Google's ex- Google is expanding their bug ba- bounty program now to cover pretty much every popular Android app up there. If it has more than about 100 million installs, it'll be eligible for you to go find the bugs and report. This is Yay. awesome. Like, so, this and is this is something... Awesome. And you said this is something that's been around for a while, but they've they finally, like ramped up this initiative correct correct so it's been around for a while but it only covered a set list of the of eight top apps but now any app from the place worth more 100 million installs is fair game and if you disclose a vulnerability in an app to google you can claim a bounty of up to twenty thousand dollars depending on the bug oh that's great i might just start downloading a whole bunch of apps and just go Hunting for bugs, if that means that it could potentially pay for my wedding. <laughs> no, and this is how Google's trying to cut down on the issues, because you know that the, the Play Store isn't as monitored as Apple is. It's not as controlled as Apple is. You can put anything on the Play Store. Right. And this is a way for Google to start weeding out the bad things, is instead of having them controlling it, is, hey, we're going to pay our community to go out there and find these bugs so we can get them out of our Play Store. And we're going to pay them like freelancers. Capitalism. Yeah. Yay. And I mean, I just think the, the entire structure works well, too, because when you have people hired to do this type of thing, like, you know, there's, you know, salary and benefits and like, you know, just like cost effective wise, 
like for the company, I think this is better because yeah, they're going to be paying out here and there, but like the lump sum isn't going to like nearly equate to like how much you would actually pay like, you know, an employee over the course of, you know, a few months in terms of, you know, all the benefits that employees should be offering. And in turn, by them saving money on this, it, it keeps the costs of, you know, apps down too, because upside with Google versus, you know, the app store from Apple is Google has a lot of free apps. And it's one of my favorite things about it is I can download a whole bunch of stuff for free and not have to pay for it because um, Google. And I don't want that to change. So I think this is a good way of controlling that a little bit better. <laughs> and I don't think, well, honestly, I don't think that has anything to do with it. That's just the developers. They set prices for their apps if they put it up there. Um, finding APK files, though, is a good way to do it. But again, that's going to lead you into finding, hey, maybe that's how iPhone users got hacked. They went and tried to find, <laughs> you know, apps outside and malware got put on their phones. You never know. Mm. But no, this is great, though. Mm. I'm glad it's expanded out. I mean, it, unfortunately, it doesn't cover every app out there. It just covers, you know, pretty much every popular app you can think of from Facebook down to eBay. Who even still uses eBay? <laughs> I mean, Why a lot use of people. eBay? Why use eBay when there's things like not eBay. I don't know if it's like worse than Craigslist, though. I don't know. Or Facebook Craigslist Marketplace. Nah, Facebook Marketplace is I. I've used it. I mean, I've I've gotten like the desk but that I'm currently using. Craigslist is sketch. Yeah, I do like reading Craigslist articles though, like just because I'm always in for a fun a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> You know what else was a fun time? We're going to move on to our next segment. Okay. I think what's, it's what's our next fun time? I think it's time to talk some entertaining things. Oof. <laughs> and we're oh. going to start with a doozy. Earlier this week, recordings are le were leaked to um, allegedly revealing the cast of Dragon Ball Z making racist homophobic jokes. I wouldn't quite say maybe racist, but homophobic for sure. Sexist, possibly, on some of them. Yeah, some of them. Um, um. <laughs> so, a little backstory. These were outtakes from 2002. <laughs> they Times were different then. Let's let's put this into perspective. 2002. Honestly, it's a, it's a conversation you'd have with your friends behind closed doors. Would you say that this is a locker room talk? Yeah, basically. Hilarious okay. locker room talk. Oh, I laughed a lot. I, the memes are great. I, I've and I enjoyed listening to it just earlier today, and it it got a good couple hearty bellows from my belly. Um, so here's why this is a big deal, though. So earlier this year, we all know that there was the sexual assault allegations against Vic. Vic I'm never going to pronounce his last name right, so Vic. The voice of Broly. Um, Funimation fired him. It was unacceptable behavior. So now this surfaces with the key people that were on, I guess, against him and getting him, got him out of Funimation, making these jokes. So I see why this is a big deal. Funimation has, refu has refused comment. Um, yeah. 
it's i think this is the internet taking cancel culture a little too too seriously um a little bit i mean seems to be a theme of this week apparently it's a big theme for the week (sighs) that's exactly what this is because now people are calling for them to be dropped the questions have been asked now what would toei animation the ones who put out dragon ball in japan think what would Toriyama, the creator of Dragon Ball, think. And I want to point out that look at some of the anime Toei has published and compare it to this. It's nothing worse. And keep in mind that Toriyama wrote a manga about a woman who becomes a prostitute. She gets raped twice and becomes a prostitute. Ah! Lady Red. Lady Red. Okay. So yeah, that might... You know, that might explain where, you know, it's probably coming from. In Japan, this is more common humor. Yeah. So they're not going to care. This is a big deal to to Vic stands, as they like to be called. (laughs) Wow. Or as I will call them, at least. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed... I mean, I enjoyed it because, like, we really don't get this this sense of humor. And, I mean, I I will also admit that I am a little bit more sensitive to this type of humor now. Um, you know, just to be on the more PC side of things. Um, but, I mean, it just, for me, it was more like just, like, imagining the characters in the situation. Not necessarily anything, like, negative or derogatory towards, like, any type of specific person. They were just, like having fun in the studio, just kind of, you know, bullshitting each other and just, you know, having fun with a character that they've been voicing. The memes that have come from this have been amazing. We're we're all about the memes. Hashtag do it for the meme. (laughs) Yes, hashtag do it for the meme indeed. But, I mean, people are mad about this, and it's almost like the same type of thing of the people that are mad about Dave Chappelle special. See, and that's the thing that really upsets me because I actually watched the Dave Chappelle special last night because I was just very much of the mindset of let me just watch this um, because people were mad about it. But I also love Dave Chappelle and I have for a really long time. And I think people tend to forget the roles that comedians take in society. The whole point of comedians is to say things that we're not allowed to say. And the whole comedic stage is the premise of don't take this seriously. Well, everything's a joke. (laughs) And and the thing is, if you really want to stick around after the end credits roll, there's about 20, 30 minutes of Dave Chappelle doing a Q and a session that he goes into his politics and everything. So if you really don't like what he says in the special, I really do recommend watching after the credits for that. It's a little hidden bonus thing they put on. Yeah, I I think that it was smart, too, because it's like, I'm going to make a bunch of people mad. And like, even just like the way he opened up the special, I sat there and I was like, oh, damn. So where I was in for a wild ride and I was ready. Um, And then for the Q&A afterwards, it kind of reality checked everything that I just went through. It definitely did. And I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to get that political on the show when it comes to the Q&A type or really covering the special more than we did. Um, I, I think where we left it is fine. <laughs> We're not getting I too much. I do want to say that if 
these two things are really bugging you people out there and y'all want the boondocks to come back, y'all are in for a world of trouble. Does that mean have you even really seen the boondocks? Because <laughs> I think right. that's worse than D, all of everything that we've been talking about today, but worse than Yes. <laughs> all right. So I think we should probably start talking about more politically correct interthingment because we did have our mouse overlords give us a huge rundown of all the things coming to us from the D23 Expo. Yeah, on our missing gap week. We meant <laughs> the to lost cover this. Files. We did <laughs> cover been this. Trying. <laughs> I promise there is recording of us covering this. I have it. It sounds horrible, but I have it. Yeah. It was there. We're doing it again. And we're doing it live. So first things first, there was some stuff shown off about the new Star Wars movie. Yes. Star Wars. Ooh, dark side ray, double bladed lightsaber. I am still not too hyped for this. I, I need to know how they're going to tie it all together. And I have my own theory. I mean, I don't know. I feel like J.J. Abrams is really just going to kind of like, we're going to just forget everything that just happened in The Last oh, yeah. Jedi. The only thing that's going like, to carry over is Luke's dead. That's the only thing that's going to carry over is Force Ghost Luke. That's it. Right. But and then I have a theory. Also how, what's your theory? So Palpatine's in episode nine, right? Yeah, this is nine. So yes. Emperor Palpatine makes an appearance. My belief is his appearance is to take over Rey's body because she was created much in the way he created Anakin from the Force to be the vessel he takes over as a body in his secret immortality that he promised Anakin was him taking over his body to, for him to stay immortal. Right, so it's like technically he's living forever, but like in like the most shitty loophole way ever. And that's what Ray is. Ray is Palpatine's vessel. Right, because I know that... Because the um, last Skywalker is Kylo Ren. Yes. He, he is now the last Skywalker, because all the other Skywalkers are dead. <laughs> so, and I know yep. that other Star Wars source materials um, also talk about how Palpatine had, you know, a mentor that showed him, like, all these super dark ways of the Force and that, you know, he became powerful and then had since learned about being able to create life from the Force. And that's why the planet that Rey was, you know, in the first, you know, of the new Star Wars trilogy, like, that planet is specifically important to Palpatine himself for whatever plot of staying immortal that that... Uh, Sith Lord has. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep that as a part yeah. of it. It, it um, will be interesting. Um, I still think Gary Fisher should have died in the last movie. Yeah, they had the perfect opportunity. They could That's have still... not done any of the editing of her. Like, other back than. Back to the ship. <laughs> like, other than the casino, other than the whole scenes at the casino and that. I could accept episode eight, but the whole casino thing and that in particular made no sense to me. 
Right, because it's not like we didn't know. It's not like they didn't know. <laughs> I mean, she you was know. already filmed into it and already as a, a personal part of the movie, so she still could have come back, but maybe not fully recovered and changed a few scenes. I get it, but you know right, what? Because we also like didn't see her too much. Just changed the conversation of like, oh, it's not looking great. Like, we're not sure. Or even playing it like how they did with Queen Amidala when she was giving birth to Luke and Leia where it's like she just lost the will to live and you know we we don't know why we're losing her and it could have you know played into the poetry aspect that George Lucas always talks about with Star Wars and like creating that narrative of like well Being she was dying opera. for no reason exactly that's exactly what Star this Wars is it's a space opera <laughs> space telenova <laughs> All right, moving on. Black Panther 2, May 6, 2020. That'll be great. Be cool. Yay, Wakanda forever. Sweet. Moving on. I mean, there's not much else to talk about that. They didn't do much else. Um, so there you go. Marvel's Eternals. Woo, the Eternals, which is going to be great. We finally get to see where Kit Harrington is joining the MCU. Unfortunately, he's, he's not Black Wolverine. Knight. He's the Black Knight. He worships the Queen. It's great. <laughs> so that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch. I think. Uh, Black Widow. They showcased some of that, which looks really cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm as I'm excited for a prequel, and then we also have David Harbor from Stranger Things, also in Black yes. Widow, and I'm so yes. for it because I love him so much. Yeah, as the Red Guardian, it's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to that. Disney's Jungle Cruise. So, did I ever tell you that I always wanted to be a tour guide on the Jungle Cruise ride? No, I did not know this about you. Yeah. Why? Skip My name would have been Skipper Dan. <laughs> Fired. <laughs> anyway. Um, Jungle Cruise. Starring The Rock and Emily Blunt. I, I don't know how they're going to make a movie out of the most boring ride at Disneyland. I have been on Jungle Cruise. It's kind of the thing. We do it every time we go just because we don't want to walk around anymore. So, oh, we need our legs to rest for a minute. Let's let's go to Jungle Cruise. So, I don't know how they're going to make a movie out of it. But okay. Uh, sure. I mean, it'll be interesting to like find out. Maybe it's like Jurassic, like Jurassic Park meets the Jungle Book meets Fast and Furious meets Mary Poppins. Boom. We'll see. Um, <laughs> so they also showed off for ahead of it coming. This comes out in October. The sequel to Maleficent, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Yes, I'm. I'm excited. I really appreciate Angelina Jolie as Maleficent. I think like it's one of those roles that like she was just like made for. And yeah, like getting good. more, getting more. And this was still like, you know, it's a live action Disney movie based off of a character from an animated, but it's still its own it's story. Original. It's, original. Yeah, it's original. So even if it's a sequel, it's sequel to original content. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> Unlike the next thing we're going to talk about, Mulan, which actually I'm really hyped to see. Yeah. This looked really good. So you're hyped to see it now. I know we're talking about this but I, I have to ask about all the controversy 
around okay. Disney's Mulan right now and how people are calling to boycott it just because um, the lead actress that they had cast had tweeted support for Hong Kong's placement during all of the protests that have been happening in Hong Kong. You know anything about that? I a lot. Do. It's a, and it's a, it's again, <laughs> separate the work from the person. Okay. And I'd say that's fair. She's a Chinese actress who isn't from Hong Kong, so of course she's going to feed into the brainwash propaganda. Instead of boycotting the film, why don't we try and just reach out and show her how great things are without it being that way? Besides, boycotting a movie over the actress's thing isn't going to make a difference. Disney's still going to make money off of it because people are going to boycott it, but more people are still going to go see it because of my opinion. Politics don't matter. If I really I just don't think... Gonna... If I was going to care about people's politics affecting movies, I wouldn't see movies. Because yeah. most actors' politics do not align with my own personal views. Separate the person from the, the, the work from the person. It's my same stance when we talk about pro-Jared all the When we've talked about pro-Jared, and as we will later, it's separate the person from the work. Right, they... They are allowed to be a persona or a character in the public eye, but that doesn't mean that they're not allowed to have their own things. It's going to make people mad. Now, I, I do think the situation itself is a little dicey. I, I don't want to get into it because we're not trying to get like too political. Um, but I don't think people are going to remember the boycott once this movie comes out in November. No, especially so. when I don't think it, uh, maybe. I tell you what, if McDonald's brings back Szechuan sauce for it, the boycott's not going to work. No, Rick and Morty fans will get their way. We need the Szechuan so, <laughs> sauce. So hard to say. <laughs> next up, we've got Disney's Cruella. This Which, looks interesting. Yeah, this came out of left field for me. I was not like I was not expecting this, and I also hardly recognize Emma Stone as Cruella Deville. I think whoever did like the costuming and the makeup did a fantastic job because I'm like, that's not Emma Stone, but it's Emma Stone. And I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Set in the seventies. It'll be nice. Um, yeah, no, this was announced like years ago. It's just nice just to finally don't... see something coming from it. It'll be cool to see. There's not much about it other than those shots. Um, we'll see what's up. Oh, but the sad thing is, is that we're not going to get a uh, huge. And then so, um, Arthur Weasley as the two henchmen because they're too old for it now. Because yeah. they were the henchmen in the original uh, live action 101 Dalmatians, and we're not going to get that this time. So, I'm a little sad about that. Meh. We'll see what happens. Moving on, there's Soul. Pixar's Soul. I don't know much about this other than they announced the voice cast it's about a ghost yeah there's some plot so, details <laughs> that i'm pulling it's it up got here. so the main yeah, character i mean will be played by jamie fox uh Rasad will play the, his mother um yeah there's some interesting names in this. Tina Fey's in it as well. Um, souls are interesting. They're trained at a seminar. Your soul graduates and goes to a body. Interesting. So... It's like an evolution from uh, the other one. We'll see. Um, 
We'll see what it is. It comes out next year. So then there's going to be their next movie, which is Onward, that's going to have Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Uh, There's a couple of teenage elf brothers on a quest to find out if there's still real magic in the world. And that comes out on March 6th of 2020. That's going to be cute. I'm excited because they're both such pure boys. And that's a pure plot. And then Frozen 2 was the last big movie they announced. Uh, they also I'm announced a bunch of shows. I'm just going to skip over Frozen 2. And we're going to go talk about the three things that I was most excited about. Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk being announced as Disney Plus TV shows. Okay. So what makes... I'm going to do this in reverse order of how you brought them up. She-Hulk. Okay. Why are you excited for She-Hulk? It's She-Hulk. We get a Hulk TV show to at least have something Hulk-related in the MCU since he's only appeared in the movies as a cameo, essentially. Since the rights to Hulk, I think, are with a different company to actually make a full Hulk movie, he just cameos in the Avengers. So at least we get to see some of the Hulk's baddies in the She-Hulk series. Okay, so it kind of expels... Or... What's the word I'm looking for? It kind of expands. That's the word I wanted. English is hard. It expands on the Hulk universe because we don't have too much of that as of where it stands unless you were, you know, alive to watch the original Hulk TV show. Right. Yeah, from the 70s. Okay. So that's why I'm excited for that one. Um, Moon Knight's just cool. Um kind of a Batman type character in the shadows with mystical abilities. It'll be a cool one. And that's just, it's perfect for a TV series, I think. And then eventually into a um, full feature length film, maybe into a movie, maybe into just an appearance in the MCU and just another cameo type thing. And Miss Marvel, just Kamala Khan's cool. Her powers are going to be interesting to see on television. It's kind of going to be freaky to see because she's, the most unexpected of this to get a TV show, but I'm on board. No, I know powers are just strange. Right now, I know that when we tried to talk about this, you said mm-hmm. that you actually probably would have preferred to have Miss Marvel as a movie versus a TV show, right? Yes. Um, reason being the way just she is as a character it would give you more time to flush out how her abilities i mean the show will give you more time to flush out how her abilities work but i think more of a movie side it would just be more of a way that she could have taken over the role for spider-man to be in because you can't have miles morales in it because sony has spider-man so she could have right. been a good segue to bring in as like under captain marvel's wing as hey this is my spider-man essentially um, doing as a TV show does not maybe limit her from appearing in movies, but it limits the capabilities. It's kind of like the Winter Soldier and um, Falcon show. Falcon's not Captain America in it. They cast U.S. Agent. So you don't see, get to see and, Captain America. And that's not fair, because what was the whole point of the end of the Avengers movie? Spoilers, but not even. Because you should have been on this a while ago. But, like, I, him being... Maybe they'll explain it. <laughs> Maybe they'll maybe he, maybe he like so, took it to be sentimental and then turned down the job off. He's like, I just want to hang out with my friend. I don't want all that. 
possibility. Other things we got announced at D23, because now we get to talk about the Disney Plus side since I brought it up with the shows. The Mandalorian looks great. I am probably going to be a day one subscriber to Disney Plus. I'm just letting you know. Sweet. Give me that password, homie. I say it's kind of cool because <laughs> Disney's okay with password sharing, apparently. But yeah, The cool. Mandalorian Same. looks really good. I'm, I'm excited for it. Not as excited as our boy, Ewan, Mc, Ewan Mc, Mc, McGregor. I am so Ewan McGregor up. coming back as Obi-Wan for an Obi-Wan show that takes place between episodes three and four. Yeah, I'm down for that. That'll be great. Yes. No, that's, uh, that's my, that's my hype just, train right there. I want it to be just an endless thing of like young Luke as a toddler trying to get into things and Obi-Wan cautiously just force powering things away. I want that to be the entire series, just Obi-Wan force powering the toddler away from trouble. That's it. That's the whole show (laughs) I'm set. Make it 15 minute episodes each of what's Luke getting into today. And Obi-Wan's like, oh shit. And just force push the baby away real quick. (laughs) Closes the cabinets. It's basically like, okay, so I know you'd appreciate it one, but it's also like that one video game where you have to like keep the baby from you know killing oh, itself. Oh God, yes. Don't yes. don't kill the baby. Where one person plays as the baby and then one person plays as the dad, and yep, like chaos and hilarity ensues. If you haven't played that game, I highly recommend it because it is a blast to play with people. Um, I don't need yeah. to play that game. I live that game. That's your everyday life. See me, my my children are old enough to know not to swallow bleach unless it's for attention. So we're fine. Yeah. So Lady and the Tramp coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Great bleach. <laughs> this makes me want to douse my eyes in bleach. So yeah, I'm not watching for this. No. And that goes back to, you know, what I had just said when we were talking about Maleficent of like, this isn't original. This is just another shot for shot. shot cash. Yeah, and it's not going to movies. So it's like, eh, but I probably won't click on it. If anyone else in my house does, I can't be held liable for it. But that's not something I consent to. So. <laughs> I don't know if I'd consent to watching Lizzie McGuire. But it's Lizzie McGuire, though. See, that's. A 30 year old Lizzie McGuire in New York. Yes, I'm excited. I've grown up with Lizzie, and like, we're adults together. And I mean, I'm in New York, but. Like I could pretend for a little while, but that was one of my like, no, that was like one of my favorite go-to shows to just like watch. And like their Halloween specials were always fantastic. And even the Lizzie McGuire movie was essential. And I still know the entire song of Hey Now, This Is What Dreams Are Made Of, by heart. (laughs) The movie has impacted me deeply. So I'm excited. I'm more excited about the Muppets coming back. Also a good one. Because Ready it's the Muppets. Muppets. Let's get some Muppets up. I really just want it to... It's a short form series, so it won't be long episodes, but I really just wanted it to be just bring back the Muppet show. Especially with the way they're releasing episodes once a week. Bring back the Muppet show. That's all I want. <sighs> just give us that good quality Muppet content. Who's your favorite Muppet? I'm going to be cliche. I'm going to say Beaker. Oh, no. Gonzo. <laughs> Gonzo uh, I love, Muppet. I love, uh, like, I mean, I love Kermit. And Kermit and I have a special, like, sentimental connection. But I, Beaker is, like, my, he is my number one. 
Because he's such uh, a spaz. <laughs> I always liked Gonzo just because he was a daredevil. Yeah, he was cool for that. And I did like the uh, Gonzo movie. Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole point. And like the whole Gonzo so, movie was really well written, really well done. The, the next one you get is Forky asks a question. So no. Forky from Toy Story 4. Oh come on, it's Tony Hale. I'm I don't in. care. I'm, <laughs> I'm down. I'm down because it's Tony Hale. Do you not Actors understand be how damn much sometimes. Like, Do you not understand how much I love Tony Hale? He was great as Buster Bluth. <laughs> He's great in Veep. In Veep. He's in Veep. He's he's funny, and I think this is great. Um, I think it's cool to continue it on, especially. I mean, I haven't seen Toy Story four, but I think this is a good idea because it's literally kind of made for kids. Since he was made as a he's a toy that was just made, so why not ask about what questions are so kids can learn these things? It's great for early age kids. I think it's perfect. Like one of the things is so what is money, and it features an interview with the piggy bank. That's kind of cute. Like, I'm down. I think this is a great idea. That is cute. I don't know. I just, from what I've heard of, like, the the, for, the Forky character of, like, him not wanting to exist. And then, like, him being like, now I have my own children's talk show, basically. Like, well, since we haven't <laughs> seen, have you seen Toy Story 4? No, I, that's just my understanding of and the character. From... But, yeah, so that's most of the D23 news. But there was something big that happened at d23 and okay. and this is a huge huge thing um disney and by disney and sony are having a bad bad coming to terms of how to share custody of spider-man oh so much to the point custody battles are like, the worst and it looks like spider-man may not be in the mcu anymore there's been rumors that there's some deals on the table that they've been working on, but as of right now, we have nothing set in stone. And yeah, I think we should talk about it. And we have a special segment of entertainment this week. Yeah, yes, much we do. You, we do. This week, we're going to have this special segment talking about the whole Spider-Man fiasco between Disney and Sony and who gets custody of Tom Holland. I hate fighting parents. Two you know, Christmases. And by the voices you hear, we have people with us. Let me introduce our guests for this segment. We're joined once again by the awesome Mr. Antonio. Hi, everyone. And uh, Mr. Wesley's joined us for the first time since we launched. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? Uh, glad to have you back. We're doing great. Okay. So I guess I want to get all of this started by asking both of you one simple question. Whose side are you on, Disney or Sony, and why? I think I think it's important to at least, uh, based on what's already come out, like set a foundation of because like when you say which side am I on or uh, I, not, you know, like like I got I, let like, me let me clarify, I guess, a little bit here. So they've been on the negotiation table um, recently. Disney wanted to redo the deal. The original deal was Disney got 5% off the Spider-Man movies. Um, Disney countered that for the new deal with a 50% split of everything from profits to cost, which Sony promptly denied. And last rumors were there is a 30% offer on the table that I think Sony's denied as well. Um, 
So I guess it's split the internet and the fandoms between which side is in the right here. Is Sony right for saying, no, we don't want to pay Disney. We're going to hold the franchise from them. Or is Disney who owns all the other rights to Spider-Man who's just saying we want joint custody here? Are they the ones who deserve to be getting the fans back? I mean, so I guess my perspective, at least what I believe should happen with... uh, you know, the late Stan Lee and what he, what he created. Um, personally, I believe that the reason why Marvel uh, is in the state that it's in is because it had to sell a lot of its properties early on when it was having financial problems. However, having been bought by Disney, I think maybe, Di- I, and I don't know the particulars, but I think Disney made an error in not really going hard fast at all the properties and maybe they had a long-term goal, but I mean, we saw what happened with Fox. I mean, they, they kind of, people are expecting the same thing to happen at Fox to happen with Sony. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I just, I just believe in Marvel all the way. And when you don't have all the characters together, you can't do the different storylines. You can't, I mean, building an, uh, you know, a, a cinematic universe versus what's in the comics. I think, I think, a lot of people just kind of go, Spider-Man should be with Marvel, and that's it. And I agree. Um, I I do think, I just, I think, if I were to be um, objective of it, I think Sony's a little, how do you say it? Like, I'm not bashing Sony, like, so, but at the same time, like, they did two prior franchises of Spider-Man um but I don't think they understand that they can just take what Disney built. I mean, t- I mean, for for example, you had Tony Stark as one of the largest MCU characters because he started it, and he was an integral part of uh, Spider-Man's journey, at least this this rendition of it. And so, because of that, that's what built. Uh, this edition of Spider-Man to be a billion-dollar property. If Spy- if they go off and try to do it without any of the other Marvel characters or mentions of, and in addition to the fact that the cliffhanger they left us on in the second movie, I I put all I say all this to say, I don't think Sony has a good hand because they they think they're going to go ahead and be like, oh, thanks Disney, we appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and try to do our own thing now like the past couple of years didn't happen regardless of the, the deal on the table. I mean, I, I understand each company has like a financial obligation, but like, I think they owe it to the fans in addition to like thinking a little bit more outside the box of what of a long-term financial gain they can get that works out for both parties. Mm-hmm. I think they could find one. I think if Sony were to be like, all right, look, we can, let's work something out. If we can get a piece of this other stuff over here, or Disney just needs to go dig out them billions and just buy that that part of Sony. So I, I, I feel yeah. Um, Antonio, what about you? How do you feel on this one? Um, I don't really have a particular side of the fence. More you know, so much as I'm sitting on it, uh, and it's just because I, I you know, as a fan, I want Spider Man <laughs> to be home. You know, it's that's that's where he belongs. I think that Marvel characters. Uh, have such an intertwined universe that they do best when they have contact with each other. Um, and this, you know, isn't a new thing. This goes back to 
um, you know, even the sixties and seventies where you had Spider-Man and his amazing friends where he had uh, Firestar and Iceman. And, and I actually, I'll, I'll touch more on that because there's a rumor I saw, I saw circulating around <clears throat> that because of the, the hype that this has gotten that they're, they might go back to the table and, you know, some possible things there, but that might just be, you know, a substantiated rumor. I haven't seen much more on it since. Um, but as a, getting back to the point, as a fan, I want Spider-Man home. I think that Sony has the legal right of it, um, but the legal right is not the moral decision to make. It's not necessarily the correct or the most intelligent decision to make. Um, you know, just because Sony has control of it. Like, those two franchises of Spider-Man were great for what they were, but, I mean, if we're, if we're just going to be movie critics for a moment, first Tobey Maguire, great. Second Tobey Maguire, amazing. Third one, garbage. Um, and that's more of a directorial issue, and, and that was Sony's fault, because that was Sony trying to push this Venom thing, Sony really trying to, to get that storyline put in there. So they, they crashed on Spider-Man for the trilogy, and they crashed on Venom the first time around. Then we get the second time around, and they crashed on, uh, they they crashed on Electro. In my opinion, I didn't think that that was you know that was good. I think Jamie Fox is an amazing actor. Uh, I don't think that that was a a good role for him, or rather that they they presented him well. Okay. Um, I think that they could have they could have done more to make him stronger, uh, stronger as a character, less of you know, this this comical relief in the beginning. But again. That's that's Sony being ineffective with what is already an exceedingly popular franchise, you know, and they're not they're not making the most of it, um, in my opinion. And I think that they could have done a lot more, uh, I guess, to, you know, come to a diplomatic solution. But this is also understanding that we're dealing with Disney Mm -hmm. like Disney is not what it used to be. Disney is losing a lot of ground creatively. Um, and you can really see that in the true Disney product. Now, what's what's been Disney's big moneymaker recently? It's been Star Wars. It's been the MCU. Uh, Disney properties themselves are not doing well, in my opinion. They're, that's why they keep coming out with these live-action remakes that are exceedingly lackluster, and they're frame by, you know frame by frame copies of their animated counterparts. So, um, I think this this is Disney trying to make a money grab, but I think it's it's also a little disrespectful in the sense that like. It's not a good. It's not necessarily a good deal because Disney's still coming out on the top end of it. And granted, as they should, because they own Spider Man, they own Marvel. Like, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's Disney kind of asking for their toy back. So, I guess now that we know where you guys are standing on this, I have a question that I kind of want to pose to everyone, which is something that I've been kind of like thinking about myself. Do you think that Sony? is feeling like a little too big for their britches because of the success of Into the Spider-Verse. So they think, oh, we obviously figured out a Spider-Man formula. You you guys don't get to have them anymore. No deal. I mean, I I honestly see... uh, So if we were to talk about that versus... uh, Well, let me add in the the Spider-Man PS4 game. The cinematic visual effects and just overall um just angles the music the story of that game and then you talk about spider-verse uh into the spider-verse they created new technology just to make it literally if you were to go watch that movie and pause it at any point 
it looks like a comic book. And so do when you ask that question, are they too big for their bridges? Honestly, I kind of look at it and go, I think they're doing what they can to get as much money, but I don't think they realize they have more opportunity to partner with Disney and get those uh, crossovers. Cause I think they're missing the point here. Spider-Man is not just Spider-Man, Spider-Man in the MCU. He, I mean, he, he, he's worked with Deadpool. I mean, all these different characters you're missing cross. I think that's the problem here. I think Sony's missing the opportunity to get a, a cash grab by working a, a deal out with Disney. That's not just for the, some of the movies, but the reality that like, you know, all the other characters that Disney just bought, you can do more with Spider-Man within the MCU uh, and, and especially with the new Disney Plus service. I mean, we don't have to dive into that. That's probably a podcast in and of itself. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, yeah, I think I think I think they're getting too big for their bridges. I think they can. I think they're like, oh, thanks, Disney. Thanks for your help. I'm good. We're, we're going to try this up by ourselves now. After we just got in-depth feelings with Spider-Man, he died, came back, and then all of a sudden his identity got released. Sorry, spoiler. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're stuck with this cliffhanger. Like, we don't even know if it's going to be resolved in a way that's going to make sense. And then all that emotional baggage with Tony Stark dying, like, you know, are we? what's going to happen when they go into that new movie, you know? Yeah, we're not getting that closure that the rest of like this entire franchise is really built for us. And we've, you know, we've been through like the entire, you know, phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we've, you know, we've laughed, we've cried. That's one of the reasons why Endgame was as monumental as it was. And I mean, then we had Spider-Man, who I know Corey, you know, thinks was supposed to like take the reins of, you know, the tech savvy Iron Man for the next phase and now like not only are we not getting that closure with the cliffhanger and all the emotional baggage and like finally seeing the rest of that character development circle but now there's a whole big what's gonna happen question so to go and circle back to your question of is Sony getting too big for their britches so to speak I don't think it's them doing that I think it's them wanting the same deal they had and Disney saying no is what ultimately this is because Sony feels they can be successful Unfortunately, the meme will continue that there probably won't be a third Spider-Man movie in the Tom Holland trilogy. And it's going to cause panic on both sides, and the ones who really <clears throat> suffer are the fans. And that's what they're kind of dangling between them are the fans. And that's their bargaining power is whoever gets more support. And so far, the support really is going more toward the Sony side of things because people feel that Disney owns too much and to keep Spider-Man away from them because they own everything else. Bad idea. And because of all this, Disney has said that Kevin Feige can no longer work on the Spider-Man series with Sony at all. So there's going to be no MCU connection to it at all. So really, it comes down to a pissing contest. So, I mean, I think this is really just going to usher in a lot of really crappy Spider-Man movies. Um, Again, I feel like we got, we got robbed of a lot here. Like there was there was a lot of potential that a friend and I broke down for what could have been. And it's it's the most saddening thing. Uh, we've, you know, we missed out on having Spider-Man team up with, you know, the X-Men. We missed up, we're, we're, you know, we're going to miss out on, on Spider-Man doing a lot of, you know, what would be his traditional classic team-ups. And I think that Sony has, they said they have no intention of relinquishing Spider-Man until they've completed all existing projects, of which they have two in the works. 
So we, we already know for a fact we're going to get two more Spider-Man movies out of Sony. Well, and yes, one of it, those is confirmed to be the female Spider-Verse. Uh, which, the Spider-Gwen? Yeah, the Spider-Gwen Spider-Verse movie they're going to be making. That's one of those two. Okay. And so, I mean, and I don't know if, if the second is going to be a Venom movie or what they're planning, but, I mean, I'm just, again, as, as a fan, I, I am also tired of seeing Sony butcher a franchise that I adore. Right. Because, the, you know, they, they, they get the right of it for a little bit, and then they just go completely wrong. Well, if you, if, if you remember, um, one of the main reasons why, at least based on what I read, uh, with the Raimi movies, uh, was Sony started meddling, like the stu- like the studio started meddling in the creative process, and that's actually what screwed up the third uh, edition of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. And right. and then I'm not sure exactly. I didn't read too deep into what happened with the Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man movies. I don't know what went wrong there. I did enjoy it, like you know, it was it was good movies, um, but like. I don't know, like, not really sure. But when it came to like Tom Holland, I just felt like it was right because there was an there was a connection. There's so much that people connected with, and I'm not trying to say that people have daddy issues or you know family problems, but we all have family problems. But that's why I feel like this Spider Man, like with Tony Stark, like it just connected at least for me with my family stuff, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like as a fan, like I connected so much more, uh, with the Tom Holland, Spider-Man, uh, movies, uh, than I did the prior ones, even though I grew up with them. And so, yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm not excited to see what they're going to do just for a cash grab. Um, because Sony also bought in some, I think it's on Somniac games, the, the studio that made the Spider-Man PS4 game. So I'm Mm -hmm. not sure what their Mm long-term strategy is here, but if they're saying that they're only going to uh, or they'll keep him for the amount of projects they have, if that means there's an opportunity for Disney to buy, then I think Disney should. But I guess the bigger problem here is, is like most are saying like, oh, Disney's getting too much control. I don't know. I don't know if they're getting too much control. I mean, I don't I don't know how to how to look at that. Don't get me wrong. I think I think the mouse house is uh, getting too big regardless. I mean, if we look at like what a monopoly is, not saying that they are one just yet, but it, you know, it can be perceived that way. But at the same time, Marvel in and of itself, if we're just speaking about Marvel should have all of, it has the financial backing to get all of its properties back. And the one number one thing that's irritated me the most lately, and this is not uh, covering um, in this episode, but like the Hulk, you know what I mean? And, And the fact that like, he he's still with i think it's universal and again i know that's another podcast in and of itself but i'm just saying these properties need to be at marvel and that's really my big big opinion sure um and if i if i may offer something in there um i don't think that the problem is is necessarily disney owning things and while i'm definitely not for monopolies um i think that something to consider is that disney doesn't get in the way of what the companies themselves are doing um Disney has a tendency to buy these companies and say, hey, we picked you up because we like what you do. So here's more money just to keep doing what you're already doing. Because Marvel's incredible right now. The comics, the comics are pretty great, you know, they, and they, they have been consistently since Disney picked it up. You had, you know, Superior Spider-Man and a lot of cool evolutions in Marvel that occurred. Um, 
And the same thing with Star Wars. What's ruining Star Wars is not Disney. What's ruining Star Wars is Kathleen Kennedy. And that's, another, again, another discussion entirely. But, you know, it's, that's not Disney's fault. Disney's just been giving them money to keep doing cool things. Rogue One was awesome. Um, and so it's kind of the same. Disney picks up these, these things like Marvel. And Marvel's never been better. Because if you remember the Marvel movies from before, they were atrocious. Does anyone else remember the 1992 Captain America? Oh my goodness! Like, come on, let's let's be serious here. And we so, don't even have to go back that far to name a horrible Marvel Marvel movie that's not in the MCU. Look at the most recent Fantastic Four attempt. But my point being, as much as I like collaboration, <laughs> as as big of a fan as I am of of some of the stuff that other that has come out, and again with massive respect to the Tobey Maguire franchise and the the Andrew Garfield franchise, which in in and of them, themselves were good and had cool nods. You know, I don't know if people noticed, but like the first um, Garfield movie, he was his costume was really reminiscent of the nineteen nineties Ben Riley Spider Man with uh, that that had the um the the different scheme, and it so was. like that was. That was a cool nod that they threw in there that's like a pre-Scarlet Spider Ben Riley, Or actually, I'm sorry, post-Scarlet Spider Ben Riley. But it was, you know, but it was... So nice nods like that are interesting, and I like that kind of artistic input. But I think that Marvel stuff is done best when Marvel has control of it. And since Marvel is currently owned by Disney, and Marvel is getting all that money to just keep doing what they do best, I think it's best that you leave them to do it. Definitely agreed. So... I guess that's going to lead me into what's going to take up really the bulk of this this segment here. Moving forward in the MCU, um, post-Spider-Man, because Nancy had mentioned my original thought for Spider-Man was going to be that he was going to basically take over Tony's role, be that genius lead character for them to kind of build the next phase around. And apparently that's not going to happen. So... Who's next? Could it be them introducing like the Fantastic Four earlier and having that iconic Marvel face lead? God, I hope not. Lead. Um, not, not again. I don't know if I'm someone else stepping that. up. Do we see, you know, them slowly introduce maybe Professor Xavier into it now? And that would cause its own issues with how recently the last X-Men movie was. So I guess ultimately what's what's next? I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say like, you know, Fantastic Four is going to be it, but I mean, Reed Richards is one of the next smartest individuals in the, in, in the Marvel universe. And so, I mean, you kind of see that the building was being sold as well. Um, and so I kind of think that Reed Richards is, is going to, I think they're going to come in with Fantastic. I think I, I think they're they they would be smart to make some adjustments. I know I know there hasn't been much news about the, you know, about X Men and Fantastic Four and and all that. But I mean, I think they have an opportunity to maybe um, update the lineup and and do some some Fantastic Four X Men properties. Yeah, most most definitely. Um, I mean, X Men being very recent, I don't. I don't think they do X-Men as much, which leads me more to thinking the Fantastic Four myself. Or maybe not all of them, but maybe you'll see like Reed Richards pop up in one of the one of the phase four movies. Can um, they bring back the Sevens as the Flaming Torch? Ready, please? <laughs> I'm not ready for him to leave the MCU. They won't. I mean I know they, they won't, be. but like a girl can dream. Like, Honestly. 
for the movie they recently did on the Fantastic Four, Michael B. Jordan did really good as um, as Johnny Storm in Human Torch. The rest of the cast was horrible. He was good. Well, Michael B. Jordan is also in Black Panther. I know, which makes it difficult. So, but his character I, in Black Panther is also dead. Yeah, I, I do. I do think it would be hilarious, and I, I think they would be really missing the ball here if they don't do a nod in some way to like, hey, you, you, you kind of look like somebody. You, you look familiar. You know, when they finally see the Human Torch. Uh, in the MCU, I think if they if they miss the ball on that, that's going to be ridiculous because it could be really funny. Like you look like somebody we know, and <laughs> you know, and then uh, um, have the you know um, Black Panther come up and 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 do the same thing. I, I don't know, like because you have that What If series and you have the just the different you know multi universe things. So I don't know. I I think it would be hilarious for them to do a, a comedic perspective on that. So, I guess. Before, like, I really think, like, what the next steps are, like, outside of the Fantastic Four and then, like, I guess also, like, X-Men, what other options are there? Because I'm not, like, too versed in, like, like the entire, like, comic book lore of all things Avengers. Um, and we know X-Men and, like, Fantastic Four, like, you know, pretty big names. We've gotten various movies. But are there any other, like... I think you're asking the wrong question. I, I think, see, here's the thing. You're, you guys are asking the question, who can replace Spider-Man? The answer is no one. Well, like, let's be real here. Like, no one, like, I don't, I, I'm not saying I don't, replace. I'm just saying fill that role that they intended him for. I just have, like, a super genius? I mean, Mar- but Marvel Universe in general is crawling with super geniuses, you know. I, I, genius I thank you. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, Reed Richards traditionally is the one who usually screws everything up. Yes. So, I, I mean, for the sake of continuing a story, I'm sure they'll they'll bring him in. You know, the Armageddon is happening and everything's collapsing, and Reed Richards is just sitting there cupping his chin, going, "Interesting, fascinating." Let me stretch my arm and get my tea. Need to observe this phenomenon. Sue, make a barrier so we're protected. Done. That's his story. Reed, it's tearing our son to pieces. I know, I know. Just give me a moment. I want to observe. I have a hypothesis here. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think that's that's one of the the weakest parts about the MCU is is some of the origin stuff. Uh, I think Captain America could have been a lot better. Captain America, yeah, was pretty weak. However, I would think that Iron Man. Now that that's an origin story I can get behind. Spider, I'm sorry, Iron Man was Iron Man was great, but that's because they were also introducing him as a you know like I mean, I suppose for the generation, all of them were new movie characters, but there I don't there never been an Iron Man movie. So like they could really, you know, they could really throw the one on there, and of course, you know, Robert Downey Jr. does, you know, does what he does best, and he killed. I love going back and watching some of those old first movies, and just they're they're awesome still. I really think I really think though that the Tony Stark stuff, and that hit that hits a that hits a heart heartstring on mine. But like I think the Tony Stark stuff was way too soon. Like there was no reason for them to kill kill him off, and I think I think. Um, uh, the Russo brothers, uh, for a lack of a better term, are huge dicks because they, for Infinity War and Endgame, they weren't doing anything else with Marvel. They were done, so they could care less. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't even for it to begin with when they approached him with it. They had to convince him. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Even in the future of movies, he didn't have to have a major role 
and, and you know what I mean? He didn't he didn't have to have Iron Man movies anymore. He could have just had supporting roles in a lot of the movies because that would have taken up a lot of time because he has so much more to offer. I mean, King the Conqueror is just one of the examples. You know what I mean? They beat King the Conqueror because Tony Stark figures out that he's using ancient Tony Stark tech and he finds a vulnerability. So it's like, how are you going to tell these stories that have integral parts to do with Tony and then totally, you know, spin it as if somebody else is going to figure that out. I don't know. I just, I feel like they, they killed off one person. If they bring somebody back that in some alternate universe thing, sure. But like, I don't know. I just, I have a big issue with that. That's going to be really shoehorning it. And then it's also, I mean, it's going to take away the impact of like, you know, everything that we had just gone through emotionally, like through all these like deaths. And like, I know it's like, you know, eventually we have to move on, but there's, there comes a point where it's like, you can't just wedge that in there anymore, no matter how many infinity stone replacement loopholes you can come up with. It's going to it's going to really force a story that I think people might start being like, really? That's that's what we're OK, but they're still going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be painful. But there's so there's one thing that I've always wanted to see done. And I don't think that and I'm, I know that I'm going to say it. And they're going to do it, and I'm going to hate it. But I've always thought that it would be great to see a Maximum Carnage movie. And with them keeping Tom Holland, who's a Spider-Man we like, um, and with Sony having darker tones in their Spider-Man movies, I think, well, I mean, aside from, you know, the whole genocide thing. But uh, with, with, I think, Sony having, like I guess, like a, a darker overtone, they could actually pull off visually uh, a really nice maximum carnage Ooh, now that that'd be really cool maximum carnage is actually one of my favorite spider-man storylines and seeing it on the big screen would be just a super cool thing and then especially pairing tom holland with tom hardy's venom oh that'd be so good cause... exactly and a, a venom that, a venom a venom that's not total shit not topher grace who would by the way topher grace would have been a brilliant carnage i mean you know it could still happen they're not gonna, yeah, okay. That, that'd be a great crossover. Toby Maguire and Toby Maguire doing a cameo appearance with, with, with Garfield. They're, they're getting a sandwich in New York and they see Spider Man overhead. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be, oh, no, that'd be terrible. No, you gotta get all three of them together in a room with Deadpool or like Tom Holland's like crying on the couch and like Toby oh, Maguire's God. walking in oh, with God. pizza. That's hilarious. Like, I saw That's that. That's hilarious. So you may be wondering why it just ends right there. Well, this was recorded during the week when we had a lot of audio issues, and unfortunately, everything after that point, we lost audio channels on, and you could start seeing it here where we stopped having some question and answer sequences. Um, I do want to take a moment to thank Wesley and Antonio both for being here. You can follow them both online on various social media platforms. Antonio, you can find on Twitter as at SecurityBear, the, three in, the E in security as a three. And you can find Wesley pretty much everywhere as just at Wesley Franks. Um, I'm going to pitch over to myself and Nancy talking about something else now and enjoy the rest of the episode. Well, that was a chat. Whoa, chats. <laughs> but I do think it is time that we start to dive into something a little bit more serious in light of some news that has been brought upon us over the, these past, you know, few, few undisclosed days. And we're going to start that off 
about talking about Night in the Woods studio, uh, or Night in the Woods developer, Alec Palawaka? Yeah. He announced dead earlier today. Yeah. Um. So there's, there's obviously there's a some, lot that has gone. <laughs> yeah, there's some background to all of this. Yes, but uh, I think we'll start off by saying that the news was broken by um, his, sister. his sister on Twitter and just had made a very simple, basic post that he had passed away. Um, it has been confirmed that his death was a suicide. Um, and because of what we're going to chat about here now. So for those of you that don't know, Night in the Woods was an indie game that had come out um, probably sometime early this year, late last year, earlier this year, I believe. Uh, um, Night in the Woods came yeah. out I 2018. Say it was 2018. 2018? Oh, okay. So... Came out last year, um, and the game itself was it, it was a fantastic game. I very much enjoyed it. I like the story that it told. Um, and he was a developer on. He was the, the game. developer. This is his game. He was the developer. Yes. So this this was his game. This was his baby. And um, due to allegations of sexual assault against him the studio then cut ties with him after the allegations because of course the second allegations are dropped controversy gets started and people call for them to basically be burned at the stake (laughs) yeah if anyone wants information they can kind of go digging through the articles on it um he was essentially accused of keeping his accuser against her will, degrading her, things like that. And so she escaped, and then she claimed blacklisting. Um, I'm not going to name her for some very simple reasons. Um, just don't just want, want to stay attention. out of that. <laughs> I don't want the attention brought upon us that her name itself will bring. Um, She's not. Oh, familiar, I will. She's. She's. It, she's a familiar face to controversy in the gaming world. We'll leave it at that. Um, whether true or not, unfortunately, indirectly, these allegations and her, and rather, in his studio, cutting ties with him. Unfortunately, the cancel culture there led to something horrible happening. Yeah, and that's really I what we want to focus and, on. Because being guilty and accused and being accused and being guilty are two different things. Now he's wished the best for these um, out for for the victims that they or for those who said they have. And if that happened, it happened. But I'd also like to know if this man did all of this to her, why didn't she go to the police after the fact? Like this is an important question I have is. You have receipts of conversations with people that he was keeping you against your will. Why did no one go to the police? If you have receipts of these conversations, if there were text messages and emails exchanged, why did nobody or ever even, go to the police? Like, or even if, the inmate that was involved. Like, 
<laughs> my logical standpoint is you're being held against your will and you can get in touch with somebody that somebody would probably be calling the police right at, at least in in like a logical respect and uh, although what i will say just not to d- defend this specific person but also just to like kind of you know bring attention to victims sometimes going to the police can be terrifying because of an abuser and are by no means like discrediting that but in this specific instance with it being hundreds of miles away in a different country i don't see how the you know if there was already retribution from the breakup then why would going to the police after the fact matter if you're already being quote-unquote blacklisted it's it's just it's more of the cancel culture thing because nobody waits for statements from those who are accused anymore nobody's waiting for an actual investigation into things or receipts for these things and cancel culture and it'll be referenced again coming up um when we cover when we start talking about what we're going to be talking about next but cancel culture is no fun unless you get the opportunity to cancel someone right but the thing with cancel culture, too, is that it, I mean, yeah, it's it's one thing to, quote unquote, ruin someone's career or something like that as a, you know, as a means of cancel culture. And yes, there are people that have been canceled um, that may have very well deserved it well, for some probably. of the things that they may have done. So it's not to say that it's not necessarily a totally horrible thing, but when you think about the lives that are affected, and this goes all the way back to what people used to talk about in the early days of the internet with like online bullying and kids committing suicides from messages from strangers online that would just bully them. You know, you don't know how this is going to affect a human being and their life and their livelihood and the relationships that they have. Because in this day and age where literally everything is public, it can become very toxic, very quick. And in this case, not only did someone lose their position over allegations, but they ended up losing their life over it as well. Yeah. So to lead us in out of this, I guess, and into our next cancel culture topic, I'm going to read a tweet from Lonely Goomba. He's a YouTuber in his own right. Um, and it's simple way to kind of tie these two together. Report crimes to the authorities, not to Twitter or the Game Grumps. Oh, damn. Only Goomba knows where it's at. But it's true, because next we're going to be talking a little bit more about Pro Jared. And for this week on your sub box, we actually have a pretty big update to something that we covered months ago when our like podcast 30. was still in baby alpha. <laughs> yeah, like first three episodes, maybe? Yeah, it's in there. We got to check the archives. Um, so we're talking about an update around the pro Jared scandal that happened earlier this year because he came out with a video um, finally talking about everything. That has transpired. I a feel long a long video. Yes, it's like nice, almost 50 minute video. 
documenting everything and commenting on everything that had happened. So I think it's probably best that we start off with a recap because it's been a while. We gotta, you know, brew this tea back up before we start spilling it again. Uh, yep, TLDR, <laughs> Pro Jared cheated on his wife and got accused of pedophilia with, and um, he was accused of cheating on her with Ross's of the Game Grumps ex-wife, Commander Holly. There's your TLDR. Drama unfurled, accusations were thrown. I guess that's a good way to recap it, Nancy. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> that that is the quickest like cliff notes I could probably have thought of myself. Um, and we have a lot of updates, you know, from Jared on his side. So one thing that I think I appreciate is like in this video, he he takes his time and he goes point by point by point of everything that has been like thrown at him accusation wise, starting with Michael. I think they're both named Michael. Charles or Charlie or oh. something. Yeah. So the big yeah, thing that something. most of this video focuses on is the pedophilia accusations. And there's a reason he does it that way because of how he ends his video, but we'll get there eventually. <laughs> I will say I'm yeah, happy so. he did this. I'm glad to see his side of it come out and I'm glad he took uh, his time to do his research and get the facts he needed and to talk with his legal counsel. Yeah. Like having, you know, the time to like formulate and that's something that he even touched on in his video was that when you have these serious accusations, you need to take your time. You can't just like jump and do a rushed apology because honestly, I think had he done that, you know, it would have really did more harm than good for him because like wow. everyone was just so, you know, hot and heated over it. And then for him to be like, no, I didn't do it. I'm sorry. I swear. You know, without like taking the time to like get his facts straight. So he started going point by point. One basically is that it was a totally fabricated story. Yeah, I guess let's let's get into this a little bit here. So he starts off with the pedophilia. That's the big thing that's what he starts with and addressing it from the two users who claimed the biggest. One who had proof apparently one who didn't so, so he started off with the one that didn't have proof correct. and it was just in his exact purely words on that, accusations yeah and his exact words are you only have their words to go by so here's mine and him honestly saying yeah. he doesn't remember this person but then based on the words they said, was able to actually go back and find a public blog this person wrote <laughs> that details events in this person's life around that time that could be that this maybe never actually happened. And yeah, so kudos on Jared for doing his homework <laughs> and putting the dirty laundry out there. I mean, I don't know how much I want to go into personally talking about that because that is still a very personal issue for this person. But I guess since Jared put it out there on blast. I mean, everyone put him on blast. So I guess like Touché. it's only fair that he has the opportunity to retaliate. Um, so basically, um, you know, this person had also put this information out on the Internet for anyone. So, I mean, it, it really does make a fair game for, you know, anyone to talk about. And I think bringing more light to the situation definitely helps. So, like, we're in, like, no way slandering this person, but we're just, you know, 
going over everything that's been found out. So basically, the first accuser had like a blog forum where he had gone on record saying that he had a like traumatic brain injury where he was like he didn't remember like a six month window of his life from like I think it was like March 2018 to around yeah, September, October that. 2018. Something like that. So um, there was a full window around the same time that all these allegations like started coming to fruition where he had had a brain injury from playing basketball and he damaged his head. He had no memory for like at least six months, was also experiencing, you know, a bunch of disorders that came with that and also including like hallucinations, not, you know, being unconscious for like 18 hours. And this is all like quotes from like his actual blog post. So he, you know, he had gone on to like document this stuff, um, basically just stating he he so, had correct so the article the first one is from november of 2017 from this person whose name i guess we'll refer to it because they're here is chai is what we're going to refer to him as since they both have the same name as charlie um that they've been disabled for two years and then number the next one is four tips for meeting your idols by the same person chai in 2018 um, the reason those I want to bring those two up real quick is um, the disabled for two years is just that Chai had an accident, caused him to be disabled, causing episodes of psychosis that started back in 2017. Um, the article about meeting your idols is from him when this person met the Game Grumps, who are the first people that both of them sent, interesting enough, all of this information to to get the clout, apparently. Yeah, so, and then it inadvertently, or probably intentionally, started some beef, and that was also when the Game Grump started taking off any video that had anything to do with Pro Jared, including the few D&D &D episodes they had with Commander Holly and Aaron and Susie and Pro Jared. So all of those got removed, and I know that that was a series that I watched and actually enjoyed because, you know, I enjoyed Dungeons & Dragons. So it was nice to kind of see them get into it. So anything that had to do with him was then taken off the channel and the grumps were responding, not directly, but indirectly to these accusations, you know, via tweets and, you know, various other comments and stuff on their videos. So they were getting that attention from the grumps as a result of this. Because um, in the email that, Chai had sent the grumps in regards to everything, and this was something that Jared had touched on as well, is they had explained the situation, and in the email to the grumps, they also said that pro-Jared should apologize and that they would feel better. But then in the email that pro-Jared had received to, from Normal Boots, right, the email got sent to the Normal Boots group, there was no mention of an apology whatsoever. So... Like, Pro Jared was like, oh, I didn't know they wanted an apology, but apparently that's something that, like, the Grumps email had had requested on it. But not a his or the other emails he had gotten. Yes. So there's already some disjointed, you know, conversation between two separate parties to kind of add fuel to the fire because they're, they're coming from two different points of expectations. Yes. So... I'm 
giving you a few <laughs> more links that we have here because there's in Jared's video he put a lot of links. He had he had his receipts. So I'm not gonna go through all of them. I do want to say that the one who does not have anything that can provide proof, I'm less in guy less inclined to believe. Um would have been less inclined to believe to begin with for the other one who has the proof and sent it off. Um, I guess I need to do my own digging through internet archive and see what I can find out on those. But from what Jared showed and what's been shown here, there has been some edits to them really at this end. I do want to say, I believe Jared, at least when it comes to the point of the pedophilia, I do. I don't think it's an intentional thing. I don't blame him for not asking people for IDs because that's a very personal thing, which is something people have asked is why he didn't ask them for ID. I mean, he's, he had a point in his video when he said people can fake an ID. It's the internet age. Easy to do. You can't rely and on also, something like that. And just asking somebody they can lie to you. If they really want to do it, people are going to do it no matter what. Right. And then even if they don't fake it, that gives like people like you're going to dox yourself is what he had said as well, too, because you're also sharing like an ID with like personal information and like address and all that other and stuff. So it really know this YouTuber from Adam. Right. And you also, you know, you also got to think like you're not really supposed to share that kind of information over the Internet because, you know, it can get intercepted because it's just a web of information that gets permanently put places there's no deleting it no matter how hard you try so it, like it really makes you know people vulnerable so like asking for something like that puts them in a worse position which was the opinion jared had shared on the matter in his video as well and that's so exactly i i it. agree with that yeah <laughs> i i do want to say that while this is stuff he was easily able to talk about um it's still, I mean, like I said, it's still something here that it's been a while since this came out. And I do want to make a comment on to people who you can clearly tell did not watch the video when he posted these things because you're not seeing, you see them with their automatic response of cancel or guilty before watching the video. I can't say he's 100% innocent in everything when it comes to what happened with him and his, ex, his now ex-wife's fallout. I respect what he said on that is that it's none of our business. I respect that 100%. He's right. It really isn't any of our business. It's because he's a celebrity. Um, this, on the other hand, is something that people wanted to know about. And I do really appreciate Jared taking the time and spending at least a good three quarters of his video addressing each of these person's allegations individually. Um able to refute them the best he can. And ultimately it is going to be left down to the court of public opinion when it comes to what happens to him and his channel. Yeah. I mean, I hope that people like, you know, take the time to actually like look at the receipts, do their own research. And, you know, he said, formulate your own opinion on it because, you know, there are, there are a lot of things that like once he's broken it down, like they really don't add up. And I know, I'll even, you know, say to myself, I was probably on the more like, ooh, like, not on the best side with Jared when this had first come out, you know, but now that he's, you know, shown his receipts, it's like, I can admit that I was probably wrong in some of the stuff I had said about Jared. So, <laughs> I mean, I had a strong opinion about it. Um, 
when it came to things like that. And I still don't condone cheating, but you know, again, that's none of our business. Um, no, it's not. And different relationship structures are going to have, you know, like every relationship is different. Some people are going to use one thing as cheating versus like another. It all depends on what, you know, each specific relationship decides that, you know, the boundaries are. And since we are neither Heidi nor Jared, it really isn't our business. Yeah. And I mean, and that being said, I do want to say with what we said before was a hot take button reaction and we were just trying to get our podcast started and I want to apologize for some of the things we may have said because we didn't know what was going on. We still don't really know what's going on. And since we've made those episodes, I've kind of left it as a mind my own business type of thing. I watched the video because it came up in my YouTube sub box because unlike a lot of people, I didn't cancel pro Jared. Um, as he said, everybody hates cancel culture until you get to participate in it. Very strong, very strong quote there. But I do. Yes. I I want to say, you know, I apologize. I had a bad take. And for that, you know, sorry. I maybe the whole cheating thing, if either, you know, if he won't give us context to it, and that's 100% fine. And he even in his video with some of the text messages he attempted to show were blurred out because his lawyers told him he could not show them. When the time comes and his, his side of the receipts can come out and we can see between the two of them what is and isn't doctored, etc. I'm willing to sit here and say I was wrong and I'll mind my own business. Yeah, I'll, I'll mind my own business and won't go sleuthing until it's publicly available. And I'll apologize as well. Same thing. Kind of hot button take. We were We were part of the hype train and we were still in baby alpha mode. So... Things were probably out of it. Yes, the whole two listeners. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna check us, we've checked ourselves. Um, That's one thing I did want to talk to you about, though, Corey. Was with you know all the text messages that were blurred out. Um, Heidi's response. Uh huh. And her kind of screenshots that she shared, but then also. Just like your opinions on her Twitter thread, because I think that that's something that we should probably talk about, too. So I think I told you when the video came out after afterward, what I sent you, though, that the the link to it, that he's providing a substance that refutes things that she had said at the beginning, even without the blurred videos. And what she's providing us is screenshots that don't provide the context to what she was setting up. So what she has said is that this is clear proof of Jared being cold, distant, and manipulative toward me. But these screenshots are literally her saying, I miss you. Him being like responding in an, in the, uh, an appropriate manner of, you know, I miss you too or whatever. Um, do you need anything from then, the store? <laughs> or do you need that? It's things couples talk about. I can look through my text messages right now and I could probably tell you that, that if I posted those online, I could have Heidi's claim that my wife's cheating on me and distant and cold. They're text messages, guys. You know, this goes from ones that she was sending out when this first dropped, the explicit things she would send out that were very um, NSFW. (laughs) And even those didn't quite prove her claim. Never once have I, because I went back after his video and read with an open mind again of what she had posted. And I don't, 
I didn't really see many text messages that could prove her allegation of cheating more so than it was a polymerous um, relationship and that she got uncomfortable with it. And I also right. want to put out that Jared did address one thing that a lot of people were saying was that Holly cheated on Ross. And as he said, no, she didn't. And I don't think any of us believed that because they had split before this time frame even happened. Right. And I don't think that it was because of this either. I think this was, and you know, just something that had happened. Probably Ross is too pure for this, guys. Leave him alone. Yes, please leave Ross out of this. He's he's just trying to make Mario Maker levels to let us all burn in his sweet, sadistic, pure way. And we should just leave him with that. And I know with like his his statement of like like Holly wanting to like live in nature because she's like a big, you know, nature she's lover, burp. garden witch type person. She's a burb. And, you know, Ross not wanting to do that. And I can understand, like, that could strain a relationship. So I believe that statement more than Holly cheating on Ross. So I'm I think that the statement that they made is more factual. Oh, so we should stick also, to that. That for sure. I also will put this out there. And it's kind of just an open thing. If any of those parties involved happen to be listening and want to come talk about it, at us. Let me know. I'd be more than willing to let you come on and clear the air in your own words again. Um, talk about it however you want, and I'm more than happy to do that. Add us if you'd like. I doubt it will ever happen. That doesn't mean we can't put it out there onto the internet. That's like our doesn't whole thing. Mean is... I may or may not have sent an email. <laughs> Legit, I did. So, okay, I can believe it. But I think, in terms of all of this, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see once we're able to read those messages. If that moment ever comes, because we also don't know if that ever will. You showed like the wanting to show it with, you know, putting it up there, but having it blurred out. So unless there's some like master photo manipulators out there that might be able to get that to happen. We'll, we're just going to have to wait and see on this. Um, I'm just glad that he finally was able to kind of speak on a lot of the things that had happened and, you know, really get his side of the story out there because all we really got was a statement. And then just the flood of backlash. So, Nancy, <laughs> I want to ask you something. Yes, Corey. So this week, when he released this, it's Dragon Con, which is a big cosplay fantasy convention that his ex goes to. Do you buy any faith to the rumor that he purposely released this video to affect her and the way she would be received at the convention? Or do you just think it's a matter of coincidence? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're going to ask the two different sides of Nancy here because there's the petty side of Nancy and the petty side of Nancy wholeheartedly is like, yeah, this is like the best way to jab because at the end of the day, with the way that Heidi had taken all of this in the beginning, had a huge effect on his career, which is why he also had to willingly leave normal boots in order to keep the collateral damage down on a lower I, end. I mean, and look at the... And I'm sorry, we did glance over one thing um, that I'll get to after, after your opinion. Um, but yeah, he, left, he willingly left normal boots because of it. His friends got harassed because of it. So yeah, yeah. I could see the pettiness for sure. But 
Yeah. So, but as like the believing in like human beings is just like he probably like this video took a lot of time to make because he had to get all these receipts. He had to go back. He had to like go through archives and like really like look and see on the whole like you know the Twitter verse and the Tumblr verse and like really get everything all put together and like that does take time. Plus discussing with the lawyer because this is also a legal issue where he can't really just go out and make a vid like a James Charles crying apology video. This one had to be, you know, planned out. I'm sure there was almost like a script that with with it. So like to, to get fair, everything he together. He could have made a James Charles crying apology video and everybody would have laughed at him and it wouldn't have helped him get subs back like it has. Right. <laughs> so I think in terms of like the timing, I don't think it was maniacal timing. I just think it was a necessary amount of time to take in order to make sure that all of his bases were covered. And it just so happened to be close to Dragon Con. I don't think he intentionally did it to be petty. I think it was the timing and subconsciously being petty. Um, because let's be honest, he could have released this next week. He could have released it a week ago. Um, he could have released it during the convention when people maybe not wouldn't have seen it as much. But he chose when to release it when he did, which was on Monday. Um, the week before the convention so that people could see it and understand going there. And it's also her first public event since, since this. And I'm, I think he knew that. So I'm pretty sure it was in unintentional petty petty move to clear his name but i think it's more than warranted with i can't the blame past it few, yeah the past few months that that poor man had, like and i looked at this video and i'm like this is the face of a defeated man <laughs> like, he looks so different didn't want to talk about any of this and has been forced to because of pettiness right Honestly, and i was like i mean i I'm I'm starting to buy more into the rumor and the belief that Heidi was mean. And the reason is she could have just let him release that statement amicably between the two because of his career, and she didn't. She no matter what it. happened behind the scene, she decided to air out their public or their private life in public to ruin his career. And I mean, I know that. Maybe, and I know that's what she tried to do. She's even openly said this in Twitter threads, and you've seen shots from screens from two different people's texts from her that say that. So mm -hmm. there's more that happens to this, and the public got involved because they took the pity on, I hate to say it, they white-knighted Holly, or Heidi, rather. The internet was deciding to white-knight one party. Yeah, um, and... This brings Jared back. Hopefully Jared can come back. I want to see what kind of videos he goes on and keeps making. I I still like his content. And I want D&D Sember, damn it. If, I get, if this means I get D&D Sember back, let's go. <laughs> you don't you don't want to lose that because it's And if y'all want it, if y'all want it on the video, and I'm going to link his video in the podcast description, um, there is a... Um, a petition to bring back Dice Camera Action, which was the D&D show that him and Holly were on together, that was DM'd by Dungeons & Dragons lead designer and one of the head creators, uh, Chris Perkins, was their DM. I, um, 
I highly suggest if you want good D&D content out there, sign that petition. Let's bring it back. Right. Nice D&D, more by the book, less homebrew. Oh, very <laughs> much. It, to be fair, when I first played, when I first heard of Curse of Strahd before we started playing it, I was listening to them play it on DCA. I had to stop when we started our campaign. Like, wait, no spoilers. Let me experience this by myself. But they never yeeted a baby. So no, did they, they really did play Curse of Strahd, right? I mean, I have, so fun aside, I have a friend who's actually about to start Curse of Strahd. I was talking to him about it yesterday. They're actually about to start going through the kill house that we went through at the beginning. And I told him about y'all about you yeeting the baby out the window. And he goes, oh, he goes, that's not what we did. I was like, oh, you've already gotten there. He goes, yeah, I I had the baby in my arms when we got attacked and I raged and ripped it in half. He goes, I'm glad it wasn't a real oh, baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, see. So he beats you eating the baby out the window because he ripped the bundle in half. Uh, luckily, you know, it wasn't a baby, but he ripped it in half, not knowing what it was anyway, when he raged to fight. Oh, my God. That's pretty fantastic. So. <laughs> I don't think I don't. My 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 poor little kitty cat character. I don't think could have ripped a baby in half. She's not as a probably not. She's not a strong boy. No, so I know you said. <laughs> so I guess to go back, I know you said that there was something that we glossed over that you did want to talk about for a moment. Yes. Um. There was someone who else is in the YouTuber community, and I can't remember the channel she's on. With she's with one of the guys formerly of Smosh Games. Um, and she had mentioned that Jared was misogynistic and rude and mean and like showing nude pictures of her off to his friends. The friends that he named, one of them, one of them asked to remain nameless and respect. The other one was Gerard. And Gerard is the pure boy, the cool dude, the beard boy, the bearded boy. And the other one was the chillest of boys. And the other one was said guy that founded said channel this girl's on. And I guess from his side of the story was talking about a Bayonetta cosplay. He just seen her, was super excited, and he apologized if anything came off that way. But he didn't recall doing what she said. So this becomes a... I, I don't want to discredit what she said, because he, again, has no proof it didn't actually happen. Um, and I don't want to discredit anything she said about the interaction of him looking up her nude photos and showing them to his friends. But... Do you feel that him addressing that was needed? Even with how he addressed it? Because he basically said, hey, I looked up these pictures, but he didn't say he... Then he goes, and if you know me, I wouldn't do that. But did he ever explicitly say that he did not look for them? Or I that mean he did not look at them? I I would I don't think he went there and actually took and looked at her looked for her photos in front of her and started showing them off to you know the completionist in front of her. I doubt that. But right. I guess my question really is: Did he need to address this with kind of how he did it, or should he have just kind of let this alone because this wasn't the biggest of the issues? The biggest one people were concerned about was the pedophilia, pedophilia. and. Most cheating. of them with the cheating. Um, I think he did this to show more of, hey, I try to respect everybody. And I I mean, I appreciate him trying to make himself look like a good guy. You need to. I don't think he needed to talk about this. I mean, I see why, though, because like basically at this point, like this was like full. This was a full damage. Case. 
video. This was, I need to go through and just get all of this aired out on, you know, one single video because we're done talking about it. You guys are getting my side of the story and that's it. So I see why it was put in. I think with the way that he said, like, you know, I don't view her as a liar, like I've met her before. And like, yeah, we looked at the cosplay stuff. So it's like, it leaves that to be interpreted a couple of different ways, which could be good or bad. Um, and I know just like through my time on the internet, I've actually seen some people saying that it may not have been pro Jared, but another creator that was at this, you know, convention or conference. Uh, that looks a lot like Pro Jared, who was also on that panel, um, where well, it, it could have actually been him instead. And I'll be honest, I looked up, like he had said to look to see if he could find him on said panel. Yeah, I have never, I didn't see anything for any E3 panel he's been on. So I guess there's some merit to it. Right. So I, I think maybe he should have addressed it in a different way, or that one could have been like a Twitter thread. Maybe not. Because I would have still had a lot of backlash. But like maybe just like have have it. Yeah, because it's Twitter. Twitter's so toxic. I'm so glad I don't use it. (laughs) I do. I know. Um, So speaking of, I'm actually going to pull something up here. I'm going to pull up his Twitter because I wanted to highlight, you know, I, I had mentioned people not reading the video or watching the video. And I want to highlight something. Find it. Well, if you have subtitles turned on. Get those. Well, you have one, to do the fan people are mad that he monetized the video. Yeah. One, people are mad he monetized the video. Rude. <laughs> More power I to mean, him. Monetize that shit. He, he hasn't put on a video and Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen him on the internet. Let the boy make some bucks. Jeez. Yeah. So, people are sitting here still calling him a clown and such, and all of this where is it here somebody said here i'm trying to find where some of these are because you see the memes people saying that he's still just a a clown um that he's horrible that he's all these things and you know what at this point it's going to become people have already made up their mind um the top comment on the video is someone who didn't watch it and or on the on Twitter with someone who didn't watch it that just said, look at the manipulation on display. Make sure to look at sad the entire time. Make sure it is unshaven. Does the heavy sigh? Answer some things, not most things. Deflects. 45 minutes to do something simple. Took months to come up with an answer. Guilty. That came up within 20 minutes of the video being posted. Amazing. How can you watch 40 or 50 minutes of a video in 20 minutes? What? Yeah. So this has nothing showing. So her tweet here has no proof showing anything on it. Number one, neither does the thread. She's refused to answer them because of her anxiety. So she's refused to answer anybody's tweets. Because she has social anxiety. Even though she was and she Even was so ready. So ready to sit here and put this up on Twitter and get to the thousands of replies that she got. Um, and the thousands of followers she got in the beginning too yeah and according to her twitter bio she gives talks on trans rights so she does public speaking in front of hundreds of people right so like that's my thought at least yeah 
So when you take a hot take like this and refuse to answer it, this is how people don't believe you. And this is what's wrong with cancel culture. And it's things like this that I see on Twitter that make me realize that maybe there's more truth to what Jared's saying because of the amount of negative reaction with no proof. Um, it goes back to the whole thing with a couple of, well, this happened last year up and then finally resolved a couple of months ago with Kevin Spacey. There was allegations, but there was never any proof about it. And he was fired from everything. And guess what? It got dismissed a couple, about a month or two ago. It got thrown out of court because there could the, the person who said that he did it couldn't prove that he did it beyond any reasonable doubt in the court of law. Guys, if you have any doubt that he's guilty, guess what that means in the eyes of the legal system? He's innocent. Yeah. So I guess the way I want to I wanna wrap this up, I think maybe the way Pro Jared did about cancel culture. Um, I know you've shared some of your thoughts on ca cancer. Yeah, it's basically a cancer. Cancel culture. It is cancer. <laughs> Um, I feel the same way about cancel culture as I do about the Apple card. Ooh. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I think Jared makes a good point. Like, this whole cancer, cancel culture thing is, it's getting way out of hand. I mean, and it's been the major talk, I think, of 2019, you know, as we're, you know, starting to round down. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the year. And this year has been almost nothing but, oh, this person upset me cancel them. This person upset me, cancel them. And, you know, it's such a quick, you know, quick reaction. And sometimes like people are able to bounce back, but, you know, uh, there have been quite a few, you know, instances where like you can't recover. And then you find out later after like the dust is settled and you're actually able to gather the proof that a person's been canceled for no reason. So that's something I really think, you know, we should all be more mindful of. You know, and that's one of the reasons I think it's important that we revisited this, too, because I know we had said some stuff, you know, that may have fueled the cancel culture a couple months ago, but also realizing yeah. that, like, we didn't have all the facts. So that's why we're back here talking about it. Yeah, um, I guess. And this is something I started in a pre-record segment that never got posted last week. And our apologies again. Um I guess the last thing I can say on this is just kind of echoing what you said, Nancy. It's just that cancel culture, as he said, is only it isn't fun unless you get the opportunity to participate in it. Because when you jump on board to cancel something, it's all in. Let's go. Let's cancel. It sounds like fun. You don't really think about the people behind the screen or behind the script or the actors themselves. Maybe this is their only livelihood. And for him, it really was and still is. And we did our hot takes we said it here that we were that we apologize and i still do i'm still apologizing for it i may have said some things that i shouldn't have said um i never unsubbed i never unfollowed because i do enjoy his content and i hope i really hope pro jared comes back and gets some good videos out there and here's looking to d in december because if it took him what from april till now to post this we'll at least got another four months perfect d in december let's go <laughs> That's the time to come back. Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good Hanukkah. Well, after all of that talk about cancel culture, I think we need some game news. Not video game news. Not yet. This is just game news at this point. Nancy, they <laughs> finally been bringing in my favorite 
setting of the Dungeons and Dragons lore ever on. Oh, what makes it your favorite? I love the steampunky war-torn aesthetic. I like the armored knights that run on energy. I think it's cool. It's also the um, class that I, the world I started playing in when I played D&D back in high school. Aw, look at you all getting all sentimental. Oh. Not really. It's just cool. <laughs> I mean, you jump on a train and can go across a warm toward find crystals that power a flying ship to go across the continent. It's cool. Imagine Final Fantasy as a tabletop game. That's Eberron. That's fantastic. And it makes the Artificer an official race now, so I can actually feel like using it in my campaigns. Yay! That means it's, it's all canon for us now, so we can take our flying ship and that's not considered homebrewing. Well, the Wayfarer's Guide it's, came back out last year, but this is going to be... Oh. November 19th. I'm buying it for myself for my birthday. Let's go. Oh, yay. It'll be a birthday celebration. We should do, like, a one-off with it for, like, our birthdays. So, <laughs> maybe. This is supposed to have a little adventure in it, so we'll see. Um, I want to move now. That was really quick. Because now it's time for the video game part of game news. Yay, video game! And we're gonna start with another RPG. During <laughs> the time we were off air, World of Warcraft Classic came out, and while there's been server queues for multiple hours, people suffering the classic bugs of disconnecting because of internet issues and getting kicked to the back of the queue. Sucks to suck when you're on Twitch, but welcome to WoW Classic. Um, <laughs> The race to hit level 60 on Twitch was interesting. Now, remember, WoW Classic, WoW came out in a day and age before Twitch was a thing. There wasn't streaming videos. It was people capturing gameplay and then posting it after the fact on YouTube. A lot of the Let's Play videos started from people playing WoW. So seeing this in the age of Twitch, embracing it has been outstanding. Um, seeing people get the wow glitches and the bugs has been great to see the frustration on their faces because guess what we've all we've, we, we've all been there and even i have <laughs> i'm on board i'll go download the 30 gig file for a while later tonight and probably pick up a subscription to play classic i will let everyone know the realm later <laughs> i'm gonna be horde though i am gonna be on the horde just saying you're all for, for the horde oh gotta for be a bony boy gotta be the bony boy I always did the... Because then, then you get the bony pony. <laughs> Mr. Bones, even? Why do you think I call him my bony pony? I love playing the undead. They have undead skeletal horses. They are bony ponies. That's fantastic. Now, I know for me, I, I did play WoW Classic back in ye olden days, and I disappeared into the world for or out of the world for a while, so I don't trust my self-control. Do not mine. do that kid. again. I have a yeah, kid. Yeah, you've got. Which means I play WoW when everybody goes to sleep, and then I get tired and go to bed. And it works since yeah. my friends are on the West Coast who play WoW still. So I may be giving it another shot. If I do, I'll let y'all know how that adventure goes. But I'm happy because WoW Classic means I get my ammo tracking back. It means I can actually play a hunter the way I used to play a hunter, which makes me happy. I get to have my weapon and my gun. Yes. And also, too, it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to like spend all this extra money to get the buffs to do the raids. Like The one thing I do remember about Classic was that you, you had the grind. opportunity to do quests at lower levels, and you still had stuff to do. Like You had to oh, grind, there's... yeah, and you can 
you know, South Park it where you're just killing boars in the forest for hours to level up. But like you still had yeah. stuff to do. You had like quests and it like it, it still felt like you were making progress and like a, I just a can't more... wait for wow for Blizzard to start introducing the braid. So Anixia is in the game. Um, Molten Core is not in the game yet. Uh, Blackwing Lair is not in the game yet. Oh, no, you can get Ragnaros. Okay, so maybe Molten Core is in the game. The Blackwing Lair is not in the game. Um, I don't think they've gone through AQ yet. I don't know if they've put AQ in the game. Um, and then I'm curious if they're going to introduce Burning Crusade into it. If they can give us just the classic WoW features up to when Lich King launched, I think that's the WoW everyone wants back. Before they dropped the caps for mounts to 40 and 20, before they got rid of ammo tracking, before they changed the Hunter into having one weapon, I think that's what people want. And seeing that come back would be nice. I think I'll just watch it on Twitch and play vicariously through, you know, whatever Twitch, you know, Twitch streamer I want. Um, maybe Asmongold when he doesn't get kicked out of a queue when he's 17 deep with uh, stream know, content. <laughs> there's a reason why when I go to play, I'm not going to a streamer world or an overpop server. I'll play where my friends play, which are low pop servers. Low pop. Then no it's queue. like, oh, no one will bug no us. Queue. Yay! Yeah, no queue. Boom. Hop right in. Plus, if you stick, if you jump to PVE servers, you'll actually have lower queue times because everyone likes to play PvP. So then, when it evens out and people drop it, you can jump. You can do a the realm transfer to a PvP realm. So ah. there's things like that. But while classic, if you can get in, check it out. On Just to make other sure. video games. Yay, more video games. No, sorry, just make sure what, Nancy? I'm sorry. I was going to say, just make sure, like, you get the queue time started, maybe make some dinner. Eat yeah, definitely. So, on to other video game news. Woo! <sighs> so, while we were off air, again, GamesCon happened. And GamesCon had some stuff. I'm not going to cover everything because there was a lot. We're going to just highlight some stuff. First thing I really do want to talk about, Google Stadia. More games Stadia. were announced for this for Google's coming streaming platform for games, such as Cyberpunk 2077, which was a huge surprise. Big AAA game coming. Um, Orcs Must Die 3, Destroy All Humans, Super Hot. Interesting. Attack on Titan 2 Final Battle, weird choice. Mortal Kombat 11 has been shown off. And joining other games already announced for it, like Borderlands 3. Doom Eternal, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So Google's really stepping up a way to show off and show up to launch this thing. They're like, you and didn't think we can do it. Look what we can do now. I wonder this, if... <laughs> this could be the future of games, to be honest. True. And I wonder if Google Stadia will eventually be a part of their Bug Hunter program, <laughs> their Bug Bounty program. So you could just play video games, find the bugs, and then report it. Who knows? Maybe. Get 100 million installs. Woo! But yeah, so Stadia, I think this is going to be cool. Um, I'm not going to be getting it day one, obviously. I don't get anything day one. I mean, never have, never will. Let them work the bugs out first. 
but this I want to see what happens with it because this could be a real shakeup in the games market because if people do go and adopt this once it comes out, it would force Microsoft and Sony to change. I don't put Nintendo into that conversation because Nintendo does its own thing. And I think Nintendo Nintendo's right now is more focused on creating a handheld experience that can be played at home. Right. And I really see that as Nintendo's focus. Nintendo's kind of taken it to where they're really deciding to be a handheld a handheld developer. Yes, you can play the Switch on your television, but that console was designed as a handheld first. Yes, and they, they just found ways to incorporate it to be played on a television. So they yeah. started handheld. Yeah, make no branched. mistake. The Switch isn't meant to be a competitor to the Xbox One and the PS4. I don't think it ever was. It's, it's meant its own to category. Be, it's meant to be Nintendo's adventure into the next into its own version of the next generation of handhelds to see what else they can do with their technology. If and this is showing some innovation that already with how much it's sold on the Switch, that things people are willing to accept these changes. And Stadia is coming in next to see what'll shake up the market. And with Microsoft doing already announcing that they're working on the next Xbox and Sony already working on the next version of PlayStation. It's going to make you wonder if this does enter the market and does really well and people really adapt it and love the way Stadia performs. Will that force Microsoft and Sony's hands to change their designs currently? See, now, what I think, too, is I think if, if, I, were, if I were Sony, at least, I can't really speak for Microsoft. But if I were Sony, I might actually want to take the virtual reality route because it's something that they've already dabbled in. And I feel that like the Sony PlayStation as a virtual reality platform would be a great alternative to those who might not be able to afford like a full piece setup well, than virtual reality. VR is such a new technology that it's made for the elites and the powerhouses. It's starting to come down more in price and be more accessible. And PSVR definitely helps that. I don't know if that's a... I don't know if VR is necessarily the future of gaming right now. I think streaming games first and then working that into VR would be more of the way gaming is going to progress. I think having a way to where gaming is going to progress away from physical media completely so then they can focus on a way of streaming it directly to a VR headset. Think, you know, game, think, think like animes like Sword Art and um, .hack where you're in that game. And I think that's where gaming is going to go with things like Stadia. I wouldn't be surprised to see Stadia to see Google launch its own VR version to be compatible where it streams directly as the controller would to the eye for Stadia. That would be really cool. So, and that's what this is leading into. Well, and that's what this leads into to trying. And that's what you're saying Sony could focus on that. I think that's why this is something that they need to look at and see how it does. Because if this flops, then it's business as usual. Keep making consoles the way they are, just make them more powerful. Unfortunately, they'll still never match the modern PCs because they'll be set to a PC spec of that they'll announce, and automatically PC manufacturers and hobbyists are going to beat those specs. Right, because the PC universe just moves so much quicker, and it's mostly because there's so many like interchangeable PCs. So, like when like your graphic graphics card gets updated, instead of scrapping the whole PC, you just buy a new graphics card. Exactly. 
and that's it. <laughs> that's it. The PC is much easier to maintain, but console gaming has its focus. I mean, a lot of there's like you said, a lot of people don't use a computer more for than just at work or to check their emails at home. Um, especially unless they're PC masteries. <laughs> Well, and a lot of people, a lot of the general public aren't. If you like to play a certain type of game, you're going to buy a console. Um, like if you're a sports gamer, you're going to buy a console. That's where Madden and everybody plays Madden. That's where everybody plays 2K. That's where everybody plays MLB or on those consoles. If you're a racing game player, you may be split. But if you want Gran Turismo style game, you're going to go to PlayStation. If you want Forza, that's what Microsoft's selling. Um the downside right now for Microsoft is that they're allowing things for Xbox to come onto Game Pass, which is on the PC as well. So then that kind of shows their willingness to try it, but it also loses my your reason to buy an Xbox. Yeah, so they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot there a little bit. Like it's great that, they, but it's gonna but, it's gonna harm them in the long run. I think because it's like oh it, well here it, well. I say that, but think about it. What are you, what what operating systems on your computer? <laughs> Windows. <laughs> Windows ten specifically. And this is the reason Microsoft, I think, is moving away from Xbox only compatibility. They're going to have you one way or another. If you want to play that game and you have a Windows ten PC, chances are you're going to be able to find a way to play it. Right. So Stadia coming out is going to be cool. I'm really excited to see what happens when it launches later this year. Uh, I mean, $10 a month to stream games and up to 4K, 60 FPS, HDR, 5.1 surround sound. That, right, I mean, come on. That's going to be cool. And, you know, then we have to see, of course, when it launches, my question is going to be the, um, the price structure of the games themselves. If you're paying to access the stream, are those games included in that price? So we'll wait and see. Microtransactions. Moving from, <laughs> moving from Stadia, let's talk. Let's let's hit a few quick things here. Uh, Witcher Three got a release date announced. It's coming to the Switch. Yay! Coming October fifteenth. Um, I'll be oh, going and getting this as a yeah. I'll be grabbing a cartridge version of this. I'm not downloading it. It's gonna be way too big. I was gonna say but, you definitely don't want to. But I will grab the cart for this. It's going to include The Witcher Three and all of the DLC. Um, it'll run at 720p in docked mode, but this will be great to watch, great to see. Um, so I will be getting it. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII Remaster coming out September 3rd. That'll actually be the day the podcast posts. So um, go get we it. May miss... Apologies if we miss an episode between it coming out and me beating it. You may have to drag <laughs> me away kicking and screaming between that and maybe starting WoW Classic. A uh, big controversy. Um, Surrounding Death Stranding, we've got some more information on it, including gameplay trailers. But with the pe- with, there's a mechanic in it where you can pee, but it has been confirmed that you will not be able to see Norman Reedus's penis. Where's the fun in that? If they can't capture the, like, why am I even here? <laughs> so apparently, this is what happened. So about the urine part, um, I have to say it's light enough to discuss this. This is Kojima's quote. If you try to move the camera and try and see what he's doing, Sam will move away so you never never see actually what he's doing. So he will always turn away from you, so he's camera shy. There's also an option where you cannot see yourself like that if people are near you. So don't worry, Norman fans. You don't have to worry about that. (laughs) And I do like this, too. 
um, because someone did ask if it could be used as a weapon. Um, but then Kojima offered this cryptic answer of, yes, it could be used but as a weapon. One, one of the keys, it, and you'll find out later. What does that even mean? Yes, you saw the mushroom growing. So if everyone Giggity. does it in the same spot, you will have something good later on. So Kojima's cryptic. And I'm I still love it. Going to end up getting this game, even though I still have no idea what the hell it's about. No, but that's what no. makes that's what makes this fun, though, is that we're actually in for like a nice blind ride of a video. We just know that we don't see penis. All right, Kojima. We'll see what you got for me. This one comes out the day before my birthday, so I will be probably looking at getting that one. Another bit of games. Our birthday gift. Don't bring me to my final bit of games cause news. We are getting remasters of Aladdin and the Lion King from the SNES and Genesis eras for the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Yay! Because the Lion King was the Dark Souls of video games. Dark. Souls was even yes. a shimmer in your daddy's daddy's eye because that it game be called, is still impossible it's going to be called disney classic games aladdin and the lion so you get both so this is what it's going to have you're going to have aladdin the sega genesis version which is the one where you had the sword you're going to have aladdin the game boy version which also includes the super game boy version disney's aladdin final cut we don't know what this is, but we asked. And Disney Aladdin's trade show demo. A demo version that has not been publicly available since 93. So I think the final cut's this, the SNES version. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get the Lion King Genesis, Super Nintendo, and Game Boy version. See, I played the Lion King on the Sega Genesis because that's what I had. Yes. So And it was so hard. Fun fact about the SNES version of Aladdin. It was designed by the creator of Resident Evil, Sinji Mikami. Oh. Huh. That is an interesting factoid. So, I guess the more you know. But it'll be interesting to see and see if they've maybe made the games easier or if they're really... Um, apparently not. It's just upscaling the graphics, filters, customizable controls, interactive game viewer that lets you watch a pre-recorded play and jump into the game at any time, like the SNK collection, rewind feature so you can redo your mistakes on the fly, an explorable museum, an art gallery, and a music player. Comes out October 29th for 30 bucks. The way I read that is, we did save states. <laughs> yep. Rewind your mistakes. Here's, here's as close to a save state as you're going to get. Good luck, fuckers. <laughs> it comes out October 19th. October 29th of this year. And I think that is where I am wanting to say end video game news. Well, that is all for video game news. And I think it's time that we hop into our PSA of the day. Oh, yay. PSA. So. <laughs> Why does it ask I mean, me I if I live in a... Show me a different question. What is it asking you? Where I live. Excuse Skip me, that's none of your information. See, this is the problem, all right? These websites in other places want to know where you live for what? Click traffic to target you with ads? Thank you, Pop-Up Blocker, for, for blocking the malware that they're adding in because I'm not on an iPhone, I'm on Chrome. But this is stupid. 
Like, why should I yeah. have to answer questions to read an article that I want to look at? Why should I have to scroll through clickbait to get to what I want to read? This is what I hate about the internet today. Do I have an ad blocker? Well, I do too, but it's still, it's even like on your phone. Click on a Facebook article on your phone. Do you have an ad blocker? Okay, not up, not for Facebook. And then the second you click on that article, then it Exactly. And then it pops up like six more and you try to go back and then it closes it out. And then if you try to go back from a page, if you go to another one, it closes it out because Facebook's browser is a piece of shit anyway. Mm -hmm. And you're back at square one when you pop up and another five fucking things pop up or you click next on the article and it's literally not even about the article you talked about. Fuck clickbait. Sorry. Oh, hashtag triggered. So let's. <laughs> PSA, so let's that's all getting cut. So. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of liked it. Should leave it in. Um, so let's hop into the PSA of the day. So, Corey, would you say that it has been hot as Satan's asshole lately? Yes, I would. Okay. So because it's been so hot, um, people have now been finding out, um, especially, you know, here in the good old U.S. of A., where it's been even hotter that, you know, people's shoes are melting. And of course, like we've seen, you know, videos of like tires in Arizona melting cars because of the heat and all of, you know, all of the things that come with just, you know, global warming in general, um, which is unfortunate. But on the lighter side, apparently, if you leave your Nike slides in the car, <laughs> they're going to shrink. Okay, well... Nike slides are 90% air, and hot air does condense things, so it makes sense. Number two, why are you leaving your shoes in the car when it's hot? Shouldn't they be on your feet? I mean, I will attest and say that I do leave a, a spare pair of shoes in the car for, like, any occasion. But have occasion. they shrunk? No, because I also don't own pieces of plastic. I own rail shoes. I mean, I, I'm very I... much against the slide trend. I'm wearing a pair of slides currently because I wear them around the house because I have right. tile floors and don't like to walk on tile barefoot. It hurts. It hurts and it's cold and it's just all around like not comfortable. And I mean, like, I have house shoes. Nice. They're also not yeah. Nice. Sweatshop. Right. No, no sweatshop shoes here. We we don't shoes here on this channel. Let the record show. Um, but yeah, like I have flip flops. That I, I typically like I keep with me because also I don't know what my day is going to bring at any point in time. So like I, I have shoes that like I'll wear to work. Then I'll have like my flip flops with me so I can like swap out. And like, you know, if I like, you know, go to hang out with, you know, you, for example, I've got shoes to change into that aren't like my, you know, heeled work shoes. Or if I like have to go grocery shopping, I'm not walking around the grocery store in heels. Like I can change into some comfy flip flops and call it a day. So I understand the appeal of leaving shoes in your car. But um, <laughs> one but of the... Let's, no, let's, let's look at it this way. I lived in a desert most of my life where things are super hot. I've lived now in Texas for 10 years and our summers are a little bit hotter than what they're reporting there. And I don't think I've ever met one person whose shoes have melted. Not, not a single one? I don't think I've actually met anybody whose shoes have melted. I can understand standing in one spot too long on hot asphalt or hot concrete and your shoes getting a little, you know, wobbly. But 
this to me it's more of the shoes look like they're microwaved which means she left them in the car too long and that got too hot just and all the i think what it is because like these shoes are mostly air so since heat expands it doesn't contract that is cold i needed to correct you on that um but since like it okay but think about it so all the air is leaving the shoes so you're left with less space so the rubber kind of just like (laughs) yes and no it in the heat things like this will it'll still contract in because of the air evaporating out of it due to the heat so we're both right and we're both wrong basically (laughs) because it's i use the wrong terminology it is usually constructs things in in an environment but with the heat and something like this where it's 90 percent air in the foam that hot air is essentially getting evaporated out of the shoe, causing the phone to. Right. It's the same idea so, of leave, like an earthworm shriveling up if it's left on the hot sidewalk too long. It's evaporating the moisture out of its body. Or the shrinky dinks. There's a there's a uh, dated yeah. reference for all you kiddos out there. <laughs> same idea. Yeah, it's being aware of what you do. It's also the fact that you're wearing shoes made out of 100% rubber. That's also another part of it. Because you know, people are also reporting that it's happening with their Crocs. I mean, I have a pair of Crocs. I wear them in the yard. I haven't had this issue happen yet. But you also keep your house at like nah, almost. Not nah, homie. Those live in the garage. Oh, oof, your your garage is a boil pit sometimes. So. So, yeah. <laughs> so you can see so, where I'm like, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Um, but. It is interesting to see because, like, it does look at least on like one of the first images like that I've looked at, where like that is definitely a lot wider than what it would be for like the size of the shoe. So it's it's interesting because it it was like a <laughs> size nine shoe that got shrunk down to look to look oh. like it would actually fit on my feet. Um, no, I believe it. I do believe that the shoe the shoe shrunk. I just. How long did she leave them in there before she checked on them, et cetera, et cetera? It's possible that it happened. Probably a full work day. I just don't, I don't buy it being a surprise to these people that this would happen, mainly. It's hot. Plan ahead. Right. So I guess our PSA of the day is plan ahead. Yeah, don't leave your shit in your car in the heat. Think about it. Don't leave your kids. Okay. PSA of the day, don't leave your kids, pets, or shoes in the car. <laughs> and as a bonus PSA, wait till winter hits and then keep beverages in your car so that way they're cold when you're ready to drink. And if your shoes do shrink, just remember hashtag blame Orton. 